listening to the bomb hole. <laughs> it's gonna be very hot. It's gonna be very uncomfortable for everybody. The bomb hole. Gonna slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On a big, nice burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again. We are back at the bomb hole. First episode ever in our new booth. And uh, the bomb hole is presented by Liquid Death and Pub Beer. Now, Stony Buds, how are we doing, my friend? I'm so good, my dog. Always love to hear that. Now, to my left, we have Torgir Bergram. He's an Olympian, X Games, as well as Aaron Style medalist. And in the words of Zach Hale, literally the most athletic person I've ever met. We are talking washboard abs, quote unquote. Now, Torgir, how we doing, dog? <laughs> doing great, my dog. Thank you. <laughs> All right, well, I just want to get right into my personal favorite topic, and it is, you're from Norway, and if you look at this Norwegian snowboard population, you got Marcus Cleveland, you got Turier, you got Torstein, Stale. it's just, it's out of hand, the amount of talent coming from, from Norway. Now, what is your theory? Why are you guys so goddamn good at snowboarding? What the hell's going on over there? Something in the water, dude. Is I don't it know. Viking blood? Or? Viking blood might It's not be, like yeah. the terrain's all insane. No. Nah. It kind of blows. So, like, when you snowboard on shitty slopes for your entire life and then you hit, a, like, a good park and perfectly built jumps and shit, it's just, like, everything becomes easy, mm -hmm. it feels like. First time I came over here, I went to Breckenridge in 2008 or something. And uh, it was just, like, you feel like you can do anything. Um, but also, dude, I think the culture is, like, the main reason why people are so good. Because, like, there's so many good snowboarders. People just want to snowboard all the time. And you don't want to be that guy who's just like, the train's leaving and you're just stuck at the station, you know? Like, you want to keep up, which, I mean, I think that's like the main reason why, like, my friends have been, have gotten that good at snowboarding, you know? It's a very winter-minded culture, right? Oh, definitely. You can't do anything other than ski or snowboard, you know? The, one of the things that, uh, I was talking to Canute about, let's just, let's give him a little air horn. Yeah. Um, and he was mentioning the fact that you guys are a population over in Norway of 5 million people. Now, if you compare that to the United States, we are somewhere roughly around 360 million people. So just like, think about what small of a fraction that is compared to the States. And then you take the fact that snowboarders are basically like, I remember Andreas Wig was like a, an A-list celebrity. Like, so, so if you're a professional snowboarder, you're on the news. Like even Knut was saying like, Oh, in Norway, they'll know Torgir uh, on the news because it's like, you know, you, gr you grow up, you start seeing that in, in popular culture, basically, right? Yeah, I mean, snowboarding is still pretty small in, in Norway, but as soon as someone does, like, literally anything international, it gets, like, international recognition in, in any way, it's on the news. And then and people, like, people watch the news. People are, like, so in, into sports over there. Like, if you do anything, you're kind of just, like, everyone kind of knows it. Yeah, that's sick. You know what? Another thing that's cool when you go over there is you see, like, when it's snowing here, I feel like a lot of people just lock themselves inside their houses and are like, this goddamn snow. Like, everybody's just, and you go to, like, you know, Scandinavia or, is Norway in Scandinavia? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, sorry for my ignorance there. Uh, but everybody's outside cross-country skiing or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. It's like a winter culture. Well, I mean, you kind of have to. If you don't, then, like, you're going to be inside all year almost. It's like you have three months of summer, and then the rest is, like, dark and wintry and cold. So you get, like, kind of resilient to that shit, and you just get out and do whatever you want, you know? 
they got their babies out in strollers. And oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone's dude. outdoors. Just put them in the down, like, <laughs> freaking down jacket pants and just put them in the stroller and go. Winter. Well, let's talk about your upbringing because I know um, your dad had a super big influence in your life and, and you have an older brother as well, correct? Yes, definitely. So um, my brother and I started snowboarding in 99. Um, we So my cousin had a snowboard. And then my mom and dad bought that snowboard off of him for us to share. So my older brother's regular. I'm goofy, so I had to ride with the tail first for the first year. And uh, we were just we would just hike the the hill outside of the house. We didn't go to any resorts or anything like that. We just like we just hiked and uh, just got into snowboarding. And my brother and I snowboarded together for like the first ten years. He was super good, still is. And then we kind of kind of separated a little bit and my dad he just took us to all the contests and like he came with me to european open burton european open in locks bought a snowboard just learned how to ride and just like just to hang with his kids you know which is sick so yeah definitely a big inspiration for me there should we give him a big old air horn oh yeah. big old air horn i heard he's got a uh, cool job that he does yeah he works uh, for a tourism company so so he just he manages uh, pretty much like 40 or 50 cabins in the like mountains in Norway. So, so he just hikes around, checks up, checks up on all these and like employees and shit, uh, around those cabins. And just, that's whenever he, whenever he calls me, I know that he's like in the car driving to one of those spots, you know, like, cause that's the only like time that he has like time to get on the phone. And, uh, yeah, he just hikes around and stays in shape. Yeah. That's what, uh, sounds like you growing up, you had a very big outdoor culture, like a lot of times on trails, like trail running or. Yeah, definitely. Like we, like my family's a very, very active family. My mom used to do track and she played handball and stuff like that. My dad, he was in the military for 15 years. Um, and, uh, we've always been super like active. Uh, and then when he started that job, we actually went up to one of the cabins and, and worked there for a month, ran that cabin for a month, which was dope. I was like 12, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely a big outdoor guy. Love being outside and, uh, yeah, it's like life's better outside. It's mm -hmm. just, it's just the way it is. Well, I have a question for you. I want to go on a little uh, sidebar here. Now your name is in English, uh, Americanized is Torgir, yeah. right? If I was going to try to say that in Norwegian, uh, I'd like to do my best impersonation and I want to see if I'm better than Bud's. So mine would be uh, Torgir. It's not bad. Torge. Uh, yeah. Tor like. Torgir. Torge. Who's better? Ah, dude. Grandis is definitely a lot closer. Woo! I thought it was you pronounced got, Torge. You have to roll your R's. Oh. Torgir. Torge. Torgir. Yeah. Torge. I, I can't roll the R. <laughs> How do you guys say it? Give me a super Norwegian. Actual, the actual way to say it is Toidegade. Toidegade? Toidegade? Toidegade. That's wow. a tongue twister. And yeah. say the, la the full, full name. Toidegade. Baidegidem. Uh, you know what I realized? It sounds like these guys are talking in reverse. Have you ever yeah. heard them talk? It's like, they, it's like when you play it and then it's like you back a record up a camera. Going backwards. <laughs> it's like a record going backwards. That's what your language sounds like. Exactly. How'd you get so good at English? I watched a lot of Family Guy, dude. Family Guy, an air horn to Family Guy. <laughs> wow, I don't know, just like traveling, watching TV, and like, like no TV's dubbed in Norway, so you kind of you hear it, and you like you read the subtitles, and that's pretty much how we learn how to speak English. 
Wow. Or understand it at least. When you first came over here, were you not as good? Well, and now not, I imagine, but not as good. But I can still speak. I yeah. can like get around, you know. But um, but I've spent a lot of time over here too, so that helps. Yeah, I mean, you sound perfect, right? So we went up to uh, Pyramid Gap this year, and we were having a conversation. I, I know you're like an athlete. That's why I want to get into this kind of body mechanics conversation because you said something to me that was. You, your fundamentals are really good on a board first. I want to start off by saying that. Thank and you. We, we were talking about, I was talking about doing a cab nine or something. And you're like, basically when I do a cab nine, I aim right off the lip. So essentially you're goofy. So when you're doing a cab nine, you're coming up regular and you're on your heel edge. And you're basically saying that you try to, you know, direct yourself right off the edge, off the lip. And that for whatever reason, just was like, I've never thought about initiating a, a switch front side spin and, you know, going the opposite direction so you don't hook. And so you w- let's talk about that. Yeah, it's kind of like how I see all my tricks. Because if I go and drift left on a left spinning trick, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to be able to stop that rotation when I land. So it's kind of like if because if you're if you're spinning that way and moving the same direction, it kind of like amplifies the like that's what I feel amplifies like the torque when you land. So if you go alley oop, you kind of like you cut out half of the the G force almost. You know, like when you land, it's so much easier to land on your toes and be like ready for the next jump. If I try to jump a little bit the other way, so it's kind of like I don't know. That's just how I see it. And, and it worked really good for me. And then if I don't get a good setup turn and then drift left, I'm just like, yeah, this is not happening. I'm not going to land this, you know. That, that's I love talking about this stuff too because another thing to think about when you do a little boomerang hook and you drift, which is how pretty much everybody spins, it makes a, a, it makes a jump longer too. Yep. So when, you're, when you take a good straight initiation on a switch front side spin, you're going to cut the distance of the jump down. But I like how you think about it where you, you're able to stop the G-forces and just dig your toes in and and just ride away straight. That yeah. makes so much sense. All you Norwegians, it's out of control. Like watching control, you know, huh? Stale was the first person I seen come straight at a backside spin yeah. and just like basically torsionally flex his board and yeah. zing it off the toe edge. Exactly. Yeah. We have a Patreon question right along the lines. Yeah, hit it. And if, maybe you've answered it basically, but Casey Willax is asking... How does it feel to have the best back switch backside spin in the game? How does he make his look more like yours? And I guess, is that the technique, the yeah. torsional? Yeah, I don't know. Thank you, uh, first and foremost. I, I, uh, yeah, I don't know if I have the back, best switch backside spin in the game. But um, so what are you saying? Um, A lot of people are saying that. Yeah, I like doing like smaller switch backside spins. But, um, but yeah, just try and be cool off the takeoff and uh, like, as I said, just like aim it a little bit the other way, like alley oop it a little bit, and uh, I feel like that works for me. And then maybe, yeah, just try and chill. That's like that's what I try to do when I like when I'm in the air, just let it happen. Just relax. Huh? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> another thing too, I'd like to talk to you about because you are really good at spinning flat. What's your take on spinning flat versus spinning court? Honestly, I don't really think about it that much. Because, like, a lot of the time when you're spinning flat, it doesn't feel like you're spinning flat. A lot of the time when you're corking, it feels like you're spinning flatter than you are. And it's just, like, it's kind of one of those things that you just do whatever feels comfortable for you. Uh, I'm, like, I'm a big, like, I ride on feeling more than, like, the, like, mathematical, like, mm-hmm. approach to it, you know? Like, when people, like, say, like, Maxence or, 
or a lot of the other dudes, they they just like repeat the trick like 20 times, like every day. So like they know exactly what's going to happen. But for me, it's more like I know how to do it, but it also needs to feel right. And then if I do a trick that's really hard for me, then I might do it like two or three times, but then I'm like done. I'm moving on. I'm doing something else. And that's that might have been one of the, like the downfalls of why I haven't maybe done better at more contests. I definitely probably could have. But um, but yeah, it's like keeping the fun and like the good feeling of the tricks. I, that's like so important to me for sure. And then like the the cork versus flat. I don't really just mind it too much. I just like do whatever feels right, you know. See, I'm top heavy. Back in the day, I used to just cork no matter what I did. There you go. <laughs> That's why I was probably good at McTwist, you know? So I always had a hard time with flat yeah. spins. That's me. I come into the jump, I'm like, spin flat, spin flat, spin flat. And we're flipping. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just instantly too top heavy, I'm flipping. Here we go. Totally. I love that. Oh, I think it's a good time for a guest question from Ooh. your team manager and his son, Mason. Here we go. What up, bomb hole? Chilling here with Nunyo Biz in Kauai. He's got a quick question for Torgir. What does Torgir mean in Norwegian? And also, um, in your cornucopia of incredible trickery, you have arguably one of the most stylish tricks you kind of put down on big airs and even on the Olympics. Um, hoping to see that you know, in the backcountry and film for, you know, for real, I guess. But, um, where did you, where did you come up with this? You know, what, what inspo? Let's talk tricks here. Let's talk, let's get inside your head and inside your uh, thought process of where you're coming from for this incredible switchback five late method. See you dudes. He's in a wind tunnel, I think. He is on the beach <laughs> oh, in, in Kauai. Yeah, okay. Should be in a better place, really. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, great questions. Torgir actually means Thor's spear. Holy What's hell. What's that Thor a hammer? Yeah, he had a hammer. And a spear? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I kind of wanted to mean Thor's hammer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't. So I'm, I'm kind of stuck with a spear. Nobody knows the spear, but, like, that's It's still badass, yeah. though. No, I mean... Thor's backup weapon is yeah. not a bad. No, not? it's definitely not a bad, <laughs> not a bad weapon. But yeah, um, yeah he prefer the hammer though. Yeah, like definitely it. prefer the hammer. Take the spear. Yeah, but I wouldn't prefer my name being Mjolnir though. That's like his <laughs> that's, name. That's, that's how you say like, hammer. I'm, I'm like I like Torgir more. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That would be really hard for Americans to say. Oh, yeah, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. And uh, again, how many times have you talked about the switchback five, dude? Yeah, <laughs> that's like, kind of been a topic like, of conversation. Uh, here we go. It's kind of your legacy, this. huh? Is that what's up? <laughs> we, we're only going to bring it up 14 to 15 more times yeah. throughout yeah, the episode. Right. So. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I try to mix it up. I try to do different tricks, but it just, like, seems to, like... People as soon want as it. you think you're out, they pull <laughs> you back in. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's kind of crazy. I don't know. I uh, we were in the uh, South Fay for this like a stomping ground session. Charles Beckinsale makes a sick park there, mm-hmm. and uh, I was just doing some switchback fives and um, and then kind of accidentally yanked one because I was like spinning too fast or something. I think I was trying to slow it down because I watched uh, Christian Holler. He did one. Kind of like a, he just like pulled it back almost like a suit, like more of a suitcase kind of thing, mm-hmm. but looked really good. Uh, but then after I did that, 
like uh, my buddy Stalley came up to me and he was like, dude, do a proper method. It's going to be sick. And then uh, I tried that and uh, and it uh, it worked. And I guess been doing them ever since. <laughs> been beating that dead horse ever since. <laughs> oh my God, dude. No, I love it. You got to keep you bringing it to You know, it's like Reynolds has the front side flip. You got the switch back five yeah, exactly. Well, and method is such a classic trick on its own. If yeah. you can do that with it, I mean, geez. Your method at the end of a switch back five mid upside down is better yeah. than my straight going off of a jump <laughs> method. So why so. wouldn't you just keep throwing it, right? Let's talk about the method though too, because this is a fun uh, hot topic. Where oh, that know, is a hot topic. Some people go inside the binding. That you know, we've been almost getting some death threats for saying that uh, outside the bindings is okay. It's true. Is it something where you need a European passport? What's your take on it? I think every, to each his own kind of deal. You know, like if you want to grab middle, grab middle. If you want to grab in front, grab in front. I grab in front. Is Usually. there a preferred Scando way to do it? I do it in the front. I try to just get as long as I can, just like extend my back leg as far out as I can, uh, which is like way different from like the like Jamie Lynn iconic, yeah. like more like American method, if you can call it that. I don't yeah. know if you can, but you guys call it Euro, so fuck it, I'm going to do it. it. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, definitely like my like method inspiration is definitely more like Nico Mueller Terrier style. For sure. Sick. But, we actually um, have some prints of you doing a method over the Volcom Stone. There jump. you go. The classic. Yeah, that'll classic uh, photo. be for sale. That's dope. Autograph that you're going to be hopefully autographing Hell for yeah, us. Dude. <laughs> and uh, shot by Vernon Deck. It was, Give yeah. An air horn. Yeah, it's that one uh, drone shot. Yeah, yeah, the drone yeah, shot is you know sick. The shot. It's yeah, super I like dope. that shot for sure. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like Methods are always a, like a topic of discussion. You never, like, there's no right answer. Uh, not according to our listeners. All right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think it just comes down to what you can do and yeah. what feels good for you. And then you're just like, oh yeah, fuck that other kind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's go, let's talk Norway, uh, Viking blood. I want to go back to this because, you know, you guys have everybody, all the good guys. Who's, who's your favorite Norwegian? Favorite Norwegian? Border. Border. Got it. Well, I mean, JP was like my biggest inspiration growing up. Oh, Solberg. JP Solberg. Yeah. He was style, style god. god. Still yeah. is. I shouldn't say it was. Like his cat nines were like the sickest trick that I like ever he's seen. Dope. Yeah. And he's goofy. So do you have a soft spot for the goofy? Photo? Yeah, I guess kind of. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's so many good snowboarders, dude. Alex, the Austrian, Stale, Land, like basically everyone. RK one. Yeah, RK one's pretty. Yeah. Stacked. A lot of good, a lot of good snowboarders. For you know sure. what I, I think you should bring back. I remember uh, JP used to wear a headband, mm. uh, just like and no shirt. Yeah, and just uh, the beat, baggiest, the pants. baggiest <laughs> pants ever, and just be like back sevening giant park jump. Oh yeah, I'd like to see that come out of retirement. That'd be a good. That'd look. be good. Maybe RK one headband. <laughs> That'd be a dope. Yeah, I'm just throwing it out there. Yeah, get some merch going. Yeah, free merch. pro bono. Yeah, uh, who's the biggest underdog of the Norwegian snowboard community? Ooh. That's a tough one. Uh, you probably, yeah. Uh, there's this one guy, young dude now. Uh, his name is Christian Schumming. He, uh, from up north, super, like, insane style. He's kind of, like, baggy style, too. Like, like looks kind of gangster. Just started competing a little bit. But, personally, I hope he starts filming, like, dope video parts because that dude is fucking good. What's his name again? Christian Schumming. Give him a little air horn. I feel like the baggy oh, yeah. style is just about to come off strong. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. So uh, another thing you psycho Norwegians are known for is your cliff jumping. 
We got to get into this. Um, the scrimp? The scrimp. Let's talk about the scrimp. What's the scrimp? And explain what the scrimp yeah. is, and does it make it hurt less when you hit the water? No. <laughs> Definitely oh, not. You're, you're talking cliff jumping into water. Yes. Uh, yeah. So yeah. what's the scrimp? The scrimp, it's, uh, well, you, you kind of, you jump out, like, belly down, and then right when you hit the water, you kind of, like, you turn into a shrimp. So you like scrimp. you go like hands down, feet down, and then you try to make it like as smooth as possible. It's still like getting still rammed a belly. by a fucking yeah, bus. It's still dude. a belly it's flop. So huh? Yeah, <laughs> it's heavy. People do that shit from like ninety I feet. I think up. I've seen footage of this now that you mentioned. Insane. What it is. Yeah. So how wow. how are you guys also good at just chucking ass into water like that? It's like you and Stale. I see you the footage. It's psycho. Yeah, I don't know, dude. We're just same like culture everyone does it you don't want to be the guy who's like sitting on the fucking grass over there drinking a beer just like yeah that was dope well, i can't do that shit you know like i got it you guys want to get in the mix you want to get some you want, yeah, to, you want to get that. some i can respect that i got a couple other uh norway culture that i researched that i find interesting yeah um taco night on friday oh is yeah. huge big taco so what's, like, what's the story like somebody came up from mexico introduced a taco and dude you guys just they're ham? not even close to being mexican tacos oh dude. they're not no dude this is the norwegianist of the norwegian tacos that you've ever seen dude it's like it's like a tortilla it's like a, a burrito and then you put like minced meat in it and then a bunch of like veggies, like cucumbers and onions, and like a bunch of like random lettuce and the sour cream and shit in there. And then, yeah, fold it up and eat it. And everyone does it every, every Friday, single right? Friday, dude. It's insane. Like they decorate the house and. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Sombreros. Sombreros. There's taco trucks. Yeah, dude. It's crazy, dude. It's, it's like honestly kind of weird, but I mean. Um, whatever floats your boat, I guess. You know what I was, I was thinking about going back to the diving. You know what I was thinking about is like uh, you guys hit the water. Like it, I think the reason you're able to do it is because you guys have Viking blood and you guys have harder heads, so you don't get <laughs> fucked up. Maybe. You got that like <laughs> Thor. You got that Thor blood in you. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I Dude, mean, the like, Vikings were the toughest of the toughest. Right? Yeah, they kind of were. We spent like the entire winter trying to land on our feet, and the entire summer trying to land on our heads. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be completely concussed. Yeah, it's, it's like, you, you need a little like transition period in the fall just to like not go full like scrimp in, on the snow. How was the biggest scrimp jump you've done? Uh dude, it's like fifty-ish feet, Ooh. maybe. Like I've done like the like the, the army dive, the head dive from like sixty, which is oh kind of hard. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just your head, like, dome first, dude. Dome, like, fucking yeah, sixty feet to dome. Do yeah. we have footage of this by any chance? Uh, maybe I'll try and, you I'll should, try and you give us a couple dive. Yeah, yeah. So Did you do like six feet to dome, and it's like oh, I could yeah. imagine oh, yeah. sixty feet. Also, yeah, you got to pull your shoulders up, dude, and there's the like trick. bruise. Like oh, when oh, yeah. you see somebody just like kind of lunge out and then just slap their legs to their side and go just dead sailor. <laughs> Let's slap some respect. Yeah, on I'd like to get this move. video going. Yeah, <laughs> incredible. We're gonna take a quick break to talk to you guys about an important topic. That topic being manscaping. Now, we recently received the Lawnmower 4.0 from the great folks over at Manscaped. And uh, how was your experience with that thing, Buds? Tell us about it. So nice. So let's talk about before and after. It must have been an absolute disaster down there. We're talking like jungle, just full bird's nest. We're right? talking straight Amazon jungle. Okay, all nest, all nest no bird before. is what we're talking. Okay. <laughs> 
yeah, you can't see the forest through the trees. Is exactly. That, is that exactly. So now, now we're talking about some, some big old trees showing, yes. showing their ugly head. If you yeah. Will. I used uh, the short guard here, got busy, uh, used their information, uh, slow and low on the balls mm-hmm. and uh, great experience. And my significant other thanks manscaped for sending this over. That's it's really a, it's almost a gift more for your significant other. If you're thinking about getting your lady a gift, or your if you're a woman thinking about getting your man a gift, or whatever relationship you're in, it's a great gift for anybody. So if you're interested in getting a manscape, head on over to manscaped.com. Use promo code bombhole for twenty percent off. And these things are unbelievable. I'm bald as a China doll down there right now. I've, <laughs> I've used other products. It is uh, nothing comes close. Your balls will thank you. Uh, smooth as eggs. You, you went say. no guard. I went no guard. Uh, Just so risking it all. The blade. I no wanted problem. as low. I wanted low profile. Um, wow. You know, again, turf. Nothing. Exactly. I didn't Woo. want to go all nest no bird on them. I wanted. Uh, I wanted to add a, a couple extra. You know. Add a little length if you if you trim down the lawn a little bit, you know. Yeah, perfect. Makes it look bigger. <laughs> that is true, huh? Did it work? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Perfect. So, you know what? This is great to travel with too. I mean, you don't have to be on the road anymore on these long snowboard trips and uh, end up at the end looking like you were uh, back at the Amazon jungle, exactly. right? Exactly. Right? Yeah, you don't want to be in the jungle again. If you want to support the bomb hole and support your ball sack, head on over to manscaped.com. Use promo code bomb hole. Get yourself the lawnmower 4.0. 11 out of 10 recommend. Well, uh, what do you guys think about jumping into a little uh, name of that video part? Woo! Oh, dude. Let's do it. So, name that video part is uh, unofficially sponsored by our painter, Colin Brophy. Uh, we're in a new studio. He came through and painted this place. He did a phenomenal job. If you're in Salt Lake City looking for a painter, look up Big Brof on Instagram. Uh, also, one of the best skateboarders in Salt Lake. So uh, support the homie, Big Brof. He's the man. Now, Tour Gear, confidence level, zero through 10. Name that video part. Yeah, like it depends so much, dude. If it's like a street rail part from like a newerish movie, I'm at a zero all day. But you gotta give if, us a number. If it's like, uh, yeah, all right, I'll go four, four out of ten. That's respectable. respectable. Yeah, That's respectable. Okay, here we go. He looks extremely confused. Oh, dude. Yeah, I'm going to disappoint you guys on this one. I don't know what it is. I have no idea, honestly. I award you no points, <laughs> and may God have mercy on your soul. So, You're over there mouthing I, the words. I, I actually have a, uh, I have a hint to give it away, because this one, this one was from Canute. He kind of fucked you on that, because so, uh, I was asking him who I should ask. And this hint might help you out. It's old video. These guys were kids. Here we go. I hate backflips. I hate backflips. Mikko. Yeah, that is Mikkel Bang. Yep. That's Mikkel and Freddie Ostwo. That, it's not the song? In, yeah, that's No, the, White Balance. Yeah, White Balance. No way. That's it. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> I watched that part so many times, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. That's he, a win. He's another Norwegian. Yeah, we're going to give you a win for that. He's a Norwegian that uh, I forgot to mention. Yeah, right? I, didn't, I didn't even realize. He's such a boss. Yeah, he is a boss. So what you got yourself here is a bomb hole cooler filled wow. with uh, bomb hole merch. 
Looks so good in black. What do we have? We got a uh, bombhole coffee mug, white hat, bombhole hoodie. Got some short stickers. All available. Where, buds? Bombhole.com. Exactly. Bud Diesel. That's so Bud Diesel is a combination. Of, uh, I'm uh, Grand Diesel. He's Stony Buds. Bud Diesel is kind of a little combo platter. Oh, yeah. Will. Combo platter. Um, okay, let's get into the... Uh, this is for the listeners. At this point, you guys know the drill. If you know what video part this is, comment on Tour Gear's Instagram when the episode comes out to win a prize pack. Here we go. Okay, that was a childhood favorite video of mine. Dude, what, no, no, it was Was it? That's what it was. Really? Yep, that's the uh, Big L. It was Big yes. L. Yes. You grew up on that shit too? Yeah, dude. Big that L was one so of the first movies too. that I bought. Thank you guys for playing. Name that video part. One thing I want to talk about is some of your contest results that are uh, notable. One in particular we were talking about uh, before in the Patreon interview, and your experience in X Games Norway seemed very special. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, that was kind of crazy. The day before, we rode slope-style finals, and I knuckled the jump pretty bad, and then uh, my like heel was kind of fucked. Um, so I didn't know if I was going to ride. Uh, so like my brother came out, and then we just took a couple laps just to like feel it out. And then it was like, no, it's not working. And then... We went in, like, the physio guy just cut out a big hole in, in the insole of my, like, the footbed of my boot just to, like, so there was no pressure on the inside of my heel. And I was like, fuck, I got to try this. And then it kind of still hurt. And I was like, fuck, what do I do? Like, talk to my brother. And he was just like, dude, dude like, it's one night. You can, like, like, push through this. And, like, but I just, I can't land, you know? Like, what do I do? It's like, well, land switch. Like, land on the other foot. And then uh, that was kind of like, all right, I guess, I guess that's what we're doing. And uh, I ended up like falling a couple of times in the beginning, and um, like last two hits, I think I did like a backside sixteen twenty and a like a switch frontside triple cork fourteen forty, which like bumped me up uh, to get on the box, which was insane. And my whole family was there, and like my like grandma flew up from Spain. To like come watch that one night, and uh, yeah, it was pretty special for sure. And I heard uh, maybe you were crying, and Stale was crying. And yeah, it was definitely some tears coming on. <laughs> dude. It was kind of crazy, dude. Yeah, it was. It was like just the whole thing, you know, like because I, I wasn't gonna ride, and then I was gonna ride, and then it ended up turning out sick. And then two of the best like competitors ever on the box with me was like who was that? Mark McMorris and uh, Max Perot. And your grandmother got to see you. That's so special on the biggest stage there is. She must have been hyped. Yeah, she was pumped. She was really pumped. I bet. Let's give your grandmother a little air horn. Yeah, let's give her an air horn. Yes. Um, and was that a scaffolding jump? No, that it was wasn't. Aaron it was Stiles. So yeah. Aaron Styles the scaffolding. Yes. And you've done well in some Aaron Styles as well. Right? Yeah, yeah. I got in a couple of podiums at Aaron Styles, which has been really cool is uh that's been one of the main events that i've watched growing up seeing like like t rice and uh that one that kevin pierce won when he did the cap 12 it was insane and uh torstein's done well at him and and the first time i went to china like ulrich won where he drove the bus i don't know if you guys have heard about that story he got like super fucked up at the after party and then we were driving to the club 
And then the driver steps out to have a Siggy. Fucking Ulrich jumps in the front seat, starts driving the bus oh. downtown Beijing, dude. It was gnarly. Dude, he could get in some trouble. Well, he just went like 100 uh, feet, but still, it was pretty insane. Did the driver trip out? <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. He was, bet, it was like screaming in Chinese. No one, no, like, no one knew what he said, but he was just like running out. Like, ah! You but, could probably end up in prison for that, I imagine, in, in yeah. China. And like a, like a bus full of professional snowboarders. <laughs> like, everyone's all like, that would yeah. be on the news, right? <laughs> Dude, uh, talking to Canute about your experience, I think it was at X Games, but when you were doing well in Big Air, everybody was like chanting your name, like Tor Gear, yeah. Tor Gear, yeah. Must have been out of hand. Yeah, that was in. Uh, I think he's probably talking about the X Games in downtown Oslo. Yeah, there were like fifteen thousand people in the stadium, and then there were fifteen, no, ten thousand people outside on this like grass hill. And, like, my last run at finals, they just, like, ev- like 25,000 people just <laughs> screaming your name, dude. It was insane. Like, wow. Yeah, I did not know that 25,000 people knew my name. How, it, how is that experience at the top? You're like, okay, here we <laughs> yeah, go. Like, insane, in, how's that insane, feel? <laughs> insane. That's strapping that's in. A, that's what we would call run through a wall type of feeling. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's similar to a bomb hole smelling salt type of feeling. Yeah, you get there. I can't even imagine if you're strapping in. That's a lot of pressure. Oh, know? dude, insane. You're like literally, your Better whole land. body is shaking, dude. Yeah. It's insane. <laughs> and just like go, go just grenade, like ban- banana hook off yeah. the lip and just. <laughs> <laughs> just <get it laughs> full on pterodactyl live at uh, New York. There. When she landed on the car? <laughs> yeah, when she landed on the car oh, on the God. street or whatever. Yeah, that that's was insane. Actually, pretty funny story about jumping off the side of a scaffolding. Um, when we were in Beijing having a practice at, Aaron, at the Aaron Style Jump in the like Bird's Nest Olympic Stadium in Beijing, there's this like group of like dudes in suits and like bodyguards and stuff like standing around like looking at the jump. And we we're like, what the fuck is this? Like, what, what's going on? So we walk over there and it's fucking the governor. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger standing there. He's like really? looking up and he's like, oh my gosh, you, you guys are crazy. How do you calculate not jumping off the side of the jump? Like insane, <laughs> dude. And he had the biggest freaking hands too. Like when you like shake his hand, it's like literally he's like your whole like. He's got banana fingers. Banana yeah. fingers. Get in insane. the chopper. Dude, you know, if you know Terminator is watching you hit yeah, the wedge. Terminator. You're chucking roast off mm-hmm. of that thing, huh? Woo. You're like fucking Terminators watching. Let's so you said them. what's up to the Terminator? Yeah, yeah. Sick. Are you yeah, guys, I shook his hand. That's awesome. Are you guys boys? Or? Yeah, you got his number? Yeah, I wouldn't say that, but yeah, <laughs> I met him. <laughs> <laughs> Dope. Well, he's my boy. I don't yeah. know if I'm his boy, but. No, you guys are boys. Yeah. <laughs> <You're> boys. <laughs> so uh, I think I'd like to ask a Patreon question right about now. Beautiful. And for you guys that are unfamiliar with the Patreon, uh, it is a huge support to us. We are a podcast funded by the people. So uh, if you're a Patreon member, thank you so much. It really helps us do this show and put all of our effort into it. It's I can't thank you guys enough. So um, with that, buds, yeah, fire one off. Yeah, you guys are basically our family, and we really appreciate it. This one is from Seth Milano, and he asks, what's your favorite and least favorite send off a backcountry booter? Least favorite and favorite, like, trick? I imagine that's what he's asking. I believe send would be a, yeah. tr- a trick. Yep. Um, ooh, I'd go cab nine is your favorite or your least. Oh yeah. That's my favorite. favorite. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like, if he's first go- first he, run cab nine. He goes cab nine. This guy's landing. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's like the, the go-to. That's your if move. it's kind of like a scary jump, I'll go cab nine. That's your safety move. Huh? Yeah. The, the kind of. Wow. But, um, least favorite would probably be like a front side 1080 maybe. 
This is just like a blind landing. You can't see shit. It's like you're gonna you're gonna go down before you get it. Like that's not an FT trick for sure. Yeah, especially in powder, I imagine. Yeah. Well, that brings us up to another question um, from Benjamin Weisner. What's your thoughts on quads? Should it be where the sport is heading? Do you know any riders who actually enjoy doing these kind of tricks? Well, like you can't you can't stop progression. Like progression is a natural part of the sport, and if you try and like regulate it, then it's kind of like, what are you? You're like, then you're freestyle skiing, like aerials, you know, like they're not allowed to do these and like those tricks, you know. But snowboarding's supposed to be free. I don't know if like the judging criteria have to change or something like that, but but that's just like you add another spin. Like it used to be seven twenty, then it got to nine, and then it got to ten, and it's just like the natural progression. We're definitely pushing it. But, dude, five years, there's going to be a five cork. Do you think that'll go down? Oh, yeah. Fully. Dude, enough jump, you, huh? did you see Marcus Cleveland at X Games? Yeah, he's like, just. He was, like, miles above the ground when he finished his quad. It's like, he could have done one. And so he probably enjoys them when you're doing them well, like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, you, you enjoy the feeling of landing yeah. them, for sure. Yeah, when you're in there, away. it's kind of being in a, like, a. What is going on? I yeah, exactly. I have no clue. I couldn't even imagine it. It's like being inside of a tornado. Yeah. <laughs> like, tornado. <that's> <laughs> just throw me in a tornado machine, and that's what it's like. Yeah. That's I just don't know how you even figure out it's time to land. You know, yeah. it just seems crazy. I would I recommend probably closing your eyes. I think that's kind of <laughs> Close your eyes, and you still land. His eyes are still shut. Feel it, yeah. You go by smell on the quads. <laughs> <Smell>. <laughs> you're definitely going to want to make sure your smell's amplified for the quads. Oh, yeah. Sniffing salts, dude. Sniffing yeah. salts, crack Again, one, I, I want to see, see Cleveland at the top X Games hitting a run-through-a-wall smelling salt, just <laughs> dropping. You know what I do have to say, though? Cleveland, the direction he's going with this back rodeo shit yeah. is my favorite big spin stuff i've seen lately he's doing what are they like 14s 12s he he's been doing like double back rodeo 12s a Dude. lot lately and he has different accesses up yeah. for him where it's like he just kind of slowly falls backwards into it it's yeah. like kind of flat a little bit hybrid andreas wig kind of if you can like go that way in progression and like discover and like invent new accesses of spinning and reward that as a judge that would be sick. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Huh? Yeah, because I remember when Ulrich won the Aaron Style, he did like a double back rodeo 12. Mm-hmm. And like people were doing 14s, but he was like, he still won because it's such a crazy move, you know? I always feel when I watch uh, slope style, like the back rodeo spins, like a back rodeo nine to me is like so much cooler than a back 10. Oh, yeah. And it doesn't seem to get rewarded in the same way. No. And I wish, because it's like that trick actually initiating it is like so scary you're so blind for at a bunch of different points in it. oh yeah and yeah yeah it's like it's it's crazy how like some tricks are like contest tricks and some tricks are not you know like tricks are easy to land that's that's what people are gonna do you know mm-hmm. like when you go back to back 10 back 14 uh that's kind of like you're coming down you're landing you're right like you're like normal stance you can see the whole landing you know like it's easy to land but once you go like double back rodeo 12, you can't see shit. You're landing blind. You're landing switch. It's like you don't do that because like statistically you're going to fall more than you will on the back 14, you know. That makes sense. Yeah. 100%. I, I'm beating a dead horse here, but I, I always said like I love the Aaron style uh, format, how there's one spin under, uh, I don't know what it is. It was, it was five and down. Five and down. Yeah. And so I even think 
realistically, with what these guys are doing, it could be nine and down on the big jumps. Definitely. But it's almost like the mandatory straight air in in pipe. There should be one mandatory, you know, small small spin that's rewarded like the switchback five method or, you know, uh, maybe we will rumors of a switchback nine delayed method. You know, that could be something that's rewarded more than a than a front 14, you know, whatever. 14's yeah. not even that big of a spin. But. Yeah. But again, though, it's like kind of a slippery slope because like style is like so subjective and like it's just like, all right, if the judges like you, then you're going to score well, you know, and there's going to be a lot of a lot of debate going around if they go back to that for sure. But I mean, I think it'd still be super sick, but if they can make features that don't allow you to do the harder Mm. tricks, that could be another way to go. How do you you do that? Make some fucked up shit. All right. I don't know. Like make like a huge hip. Yeah, like, there you what go. are you gonna do? Backside air, go truck big, flip. Right? That's it. Yeah. Alley oop. Mm-hmm. You can't go 1080 on a no. like a 30 foot hip, and it's gonna mm-hmm. look awesome to the people watching yeah. too. Just going huge. Yeah, and the quarter pipes hits. too. I think they do a good job at that. Is that if you do if you if you have like a quarter pipe with the quarter pipe landing like a full on quarter pipe in a course, then like you're not gonna see the bigger tricks. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's dope. That's a, that would be some good shit. Yeah, Kay. like I'd love to see that. Yeah, me too. I have a couple of my favorite clips uh, I'd like to get into. Maybe you can tell the story behind it. Uh, the first one I'm going to start with is uh, this front flip holding a phone here. Mm. So I'll play it. Uh, we don't. I don't have my normal. Yeah, we don't have your normal little shelf I'll here. Just hold it. But he's basically check. What are you doing? Checking the gram mid front flip. Or yeah, you actually just posting here. Oh, oh, you're scrolling. Never stop scrolling. Oh, you're scrolling. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so what was the vibe on that? You're just kind of like cruising the gram. And like in just, a photo. Yeah. Dude, just like, you don't have to put your phone down to do a snowboard trick. <laughs> <laughs> Multitasking, dude. No, we were shooting this movie called uh, Offline for Nitro. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Knut was like, well, for the intro, everyone, he wanted everyone to do something while holding their phone. Um, so I just figured, like, all right, front flips are fairly, like, easy to do while you can like because you can still like see where you're going kind of uh, you know what i mean so that's dope so that's the story behind that it's all the training for the dead sailor dive that's basically oh, yes. what you do exactly <laughs> uh you pretend like you're doing a dead sailor and then you just whip it around exactly <laughs> yeah i have one i have more of like a one speed front flip where it's like if i it doesn't matter it's either i'm doing one or i'm doing two yeah. <laughs> no all real nothing and then another one from that same movie is uh you basically were hand planting Knut's board. Yeah. Yeah. So you do a Miller flip, and for the listeners, woo, uh, Knut's doing the hand plant and direct, and uh, I heard that was kind of a wild situation. That was. Getting completely bodied. Yeah, I was like this close <laughs> to getting my head chopped off on one of them. It was it was pretty gnarly, because he was doing, like, he was chucking his, like, tail up in the air for me to plant. Ooh. And, uh, you know, steel edges are sharp. And uh, so I was trying to, like, pop and then get the pop just right to plant his board. And then I was going, like, too high a bunch of times. And I was, like, this, like, a good, like, six inches too high. And then I just tried to, like, not pop once. And I ended up, like, his his tail was literally, like, like right, like across Dude, my. Dude, it would have cut your throat. Oh, literally. Yeah, that would be honestly that'd be a legendary way to it go. Would out. Be a, oh yeah, if there was a way to go, that would be pretty. How would he die? Miller flip. <laughs> <You> Samurai <laughs> edge Miller flip. You got an edge to the jugular. R.I.P. <laughs> Dude, 
Because remember when Taxwood, didn't he hit somebody at Brighton on the back of the leg? Oh. And it looked like he got bit by a shark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it looks like a samurai sword. Well, we always say, go fast, take chances, you can't get hurt in the air. That's actually an instance where you can get hurt in there the air. There are ways to get hurt in the air. Yeah, so, you can most definitely get hurt in the air on that one. The yeah. old juggler. But we tried Woo. it probably like 20 times, <laughs> but we got it in the end, which is which was sick. But imagine, imagine if your head got cl- sh- clean sheared off. Yeah. <laughs> full decapitation. Just full decap. <laughs> or you lost a hand or something. There's a lot of things can go. Decapitation. Been, the decapitation, would, although it's, it would have been devastating, would have been an incredible clip. Just what do you do? What do you do with that clip, though? Like yeah. <laughs> that can never see the light of day. I True. mean, I could see Canoe like, ah, uh, you know, it does. It it's got some entertainment value. I know. It's, it's, <laughs> can it's, we use it? <laughs> can, we, can we use it? I don't know. I don't, His I head don't know. Didn't fly off, but <laughs> I don't think my mom would appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> True. That. True. All right, I think it's time for you know what, buds. A next Ooh. segment of the show. We're spinning it. It's time for welcome. To the liquid death. Death, death, death. Spinning wheel of death. <laughs> We're currently uh, crushing some liquid deaths here on the set. Uh, you know what's great about liquid deaths, buds, is you're not contributing to the plastic. No, that's the best part, right? Death to plastic? Death to plastic. And also, I, like I said earlier, not a, not a huge fan of murdering people, nope. but I... You know what I am a fan of, Buds? Murdering your thirst. Exactly. That's what these things do. Uh, you can pick them up at Whole Foods or Buds' favorite establishment. 7-Eleven. I see kids come in. Every time I go to Seve, some kids buying liquid death. So it's uh, hot. You don't, Stay cool out there, yeah, right? Yeah, you don't get a DUI with this thing. It's a great beverage. And uh, also, if you want to support the podcast, head on over to liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. you get a free couple of koozies. Again, liquiddeath.com slash bombhole. Now, let's spin this wheel. You're going to buy these things anyway, so you might as well get the koozies, you know what I mean? Yep, definitely. Uh, we didn't have our white marker, so it's hard to read, but um, sp- you're going to just give this thing a big spin, and then we'll see what happens. And then we'll tell you what the answer is. All right. I just go full, like, yeah, full send? Yeah, go full send on it. We'll tell you your fate. So. It says... Wear a blonde wig oh, yeah. for 10 minutes. <laughs> You're going to have to wear a blonde wig. Dude. That was sick. For a good part of this episode. It's a mullet wig. I've always wanted to know what it feels like to be a blonde. Here it is. Slide that thing on. Thank you. Can I put the hat on on top? Or yeah, not? put the hat on. Whatever, whatever it. makes you comfortable. Right on. So, uh, yeah, uh, for the listeners, uh, Torgir is sliding his dome into a blonde wig. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, he looks Dude, great. You look good. Dude, you look I'm kind of feeling this. Yeah. I'm not going to put the hat on. <laughs> I'm going to leave it right here. You look like you could be starting a heavy metal band. Yeah. There you go. Dude, this is a Motley Crue shit yeah, right here. You could be, it's a good look. It's almost like he made the intro to the Liquid Death uh, theme <laughs> yeah, song dude. with that. Wow. I like that. Damn. Dude, you should for Halloween, maybe. Yeah. Be a uh, heavy metal dude. It's got a little mullet cut. Yeah, I like the mullet. And the bangs are all sticking up. <laughs> It's a really good look. Yeah, it looks like a mullet and headwind kind yeah. of. It's like oh, blowing no back way. a little bit. Yeah. Honestly, I think, you know, if you need to reinvent yourself, like, you're like, ah, oh, shit, my career's getting a little stale. Just either grow your hair out or get a blonde wig. Yeah. It's a whole new Grow your hair out, career. tie it blonde, boom. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Or you can borrow that until your hair grows out. Yeah. We'll lend that to you. Yeah, I might have to. Just wear it permanently. Snag this one. Now, I heard you were one of the only people to uh, get on Monster, get dropped by Monster. And then get re-signed by Monster. Yeah. Ooh. How sick is that? That's, that's, that's going to be playing with your feelings there. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah. 
<laughs> a girlfriend or something. Yeah. You know? uh, we broke up, but uh, now I want you back. Yeah. One of those scenarios. Yeah, kind of crazy. I don't know what happened there. They saw the Switchback 5. Oh, they saw the new trick. <laughs> they saw like, the Switchback 5. They're like, we want the guy back. <laughs> we want him back. Is that what happened? No, so uh, I, uh, I signed with uh, Monster Europe. In like 2011, I think maybe or 12, um, this dude Simon Maudsley, super sick dude, um, and yeah, just signed a two-year deal with them. And then in those two years, uh, I got injured the second year, so I didn't really do anything. Mm. And then they got a new guy on. Simon quit, and then this other guy came on, uh, and uh, he was just like kind of looking at the spreadsheet, I guess. You're just like, hey, this guy's not doing anything. He's like, why, why are we paying paper. him? You yeah. know, like we're we're not gonna like give a dude a bunch of money not to do anything. So, so they didn't give me a new deal, and then, uh, but I got to know Cody Dresser uh, back when I when I did ride for Monster back then, Big Airhorn and uh, Austin Hodges, who's now uh, the TM over there, which is like super dope. And I hung out with him a bunch, and then like. One day, he was just like, dude, we need to get you back on. I can't, <laughs> take, I can't take you seriously in the wings. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> He's all I'm taking him seriously. <laughs> He's like, oh. <laughs> I forgot he even had a wig on. Yeah. It looks so good. It does. So Feels who got natural. you back on? Dresser or Hodges? Uh, or? It's kind of like a team effort, probably. Mm. But um, Was but, it right after the, the method? No, no, no. This was like two years ago. Ah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're at do tour in Breckenridge and, uh, and we've been talking about this for like a year. It's like, we need to get you back on, like figuring out how we're going to do it. Uh, and then Cody actually just like, we sat down and he's like, dude, here's my offer. Boom. You want it? And I'm like, I'm down, dude. That's dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, like no agent, no nothing. It was just like, all right, let's go. That's the way to do it, huh? Yeah. Now, we don't talk about current bisque on the show because, uh, you know, it's a little off topic. It's bad taste. Yeah. Bad taste. But uh, let's talk uh, contest winning bisque. bisque. Let's talk Aaron Style. Let's talk uh, big money. What are, we, what are we talking for biggest earnings at a contest? I probably like 20 grand. Woo, was like, uh, baby. But I got one, which was we went to Andorra, and I won like 15,000 euros. Does that mean it's tax-free? Yeah. Andorra is a tax-free yeah. community. So they, like, they, I won 15,000 euros, which is, like, 18,000 bucks or something. No tax. Just straight into my account. Dude. Woo. Like, what do you do? Do you <laughs> buy any, just, like, dude, buy anything I, I never thought about that. Like, a contest at Andorra, that's the one to win. Yeah. But, I mean, contest. you will get fucked on it if you bring it into another country. You got to, like, Norway for me, it. you know? You like, got to open like, up an account yeah. in Andorra yeah. or in, uh, where is everyone? Cayman Monaco. Islands? Monaco. Monaco. Monaco, yeah. Yeah, that's what you do. Or Switzerland, maybe even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I did have to, like, ultimately pay taxes on it in Norway, but, like, it's still, like. You should have opened up that Swiss bank account. Should have. Did you buy sure. any dumb shit? Uh, I bought a car. Okay. Like a nice one or just. Oh, uh, shitty old golf. Oh, it was dope. Respect. Yeah. Yeah, that's respectable. Uh, you should have just blew it all in Andorra. Yeah, probably should have for sure. Bought, bought the some, bar. Yeah, bought the bar. Blew it all at the yeah. after Talk party. That'd respect. be sick, actually. Mm-hmm. Well, we did go to Barcelona. Spent a good 10% for sure. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, with you and all your uh, Norwegian boys, I got another guest question from a great Norwegian. Uh, big fan of Stolly Sandbach. Here we go. What's up, boys? Eastone, Grandis, big fan. Big fan of the show. Excited that you guys have my boy Torger on there. 
really looking forward to that episode. Uh, I got a little question. Torger, buddy, you're a tough guy. Do you ever cry? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, what is your biggest fear? If you have one at all. That's a great question. Wow, that is a great question. Yeah, I like both questions. Yeah. <laughs> he throws it out there. Yeah, dude. I was kind of expecting something uh, different, but yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, biggest, I have a lot of fears, for sure. Getting buried alive is a big one. Getting eaten alive. Shark attack. I have <laughs> like, that fear. <laughs> I guess, that's like primal fears. Everyone has them, I guess. But I, I don't know. Just if... Like, the, the thing that's, like, most, that I think about the most probably is, like, if I, like, don't work hard enough to not make my, like, snowboarding career work, it'll, like, I'm going to be, like, a washed up, like, shitty old snowboarder who, like, everyone's just like, hey, can this guy quit already kind of deal. But um, I wouldn't say that's a big fear, but that's, like, definitely something that's in the back of my head for sure. Well, if you're, what's yours, bud? My greatest fear? Yeah. I don't, that's a tough one, dude. Um, I know you got a water thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm scared of, I mean, I guess being in the, when I'm in the water, near water, being eaten by a shark. But that's only when I'm around water. But I, luckily we're it, landlocked over Yeah, here. luckily, that's why I live in Utah. But I could be in a lake and I'll still feel like mm -hmm. I'm going to get my toes bitten off. But uh, when I'm that last dude to come in and the waves, like you haven't caught your wave and the sun's going down. I literally start to panic, and I'll, I'll even just ride in on my stomach if mm -hmm. I have to because I'm so scared when yeah. I look around and no one else is there. Fully. This morning, I woke up, and my wife showed me a video of some chicks, like, laying in the ocean with a, like, 10-foot hammerhead under them just because she knows it freaks me out. <laughs> but it was in her feed. It was in her TikTok this morning. And oh, my God. The chicks are just laying there floating, and there's literally a 10-foot hammerhead just circling. Oh, God. Jesus Didn't eat Christ, them. But, but I don't know about my greatest fear. I know that my, my straight-up... Greatest fear is outliving my significant other in old age. That's heavy. I think if you're old and your partner dies, that seems like the gnarliest thing. To yeah. Do oh, yeah. My wife and I have a pact. Uh, we're going to go out within a week of each other. Yeah. Blood pact. I feel like um, a lot of people actually do, though. Yeah, like, they do. When, like when they're that old and then their partner dies, they yeah, just they, like they lose, lose everything and mm -hmm. just like they fade away like in a matter of. Days or weeks dude, or dude, months. Your buds, your buds gone, dude. That's yeah, when yeah. you when you're like true soulmates like that, yeah, it's just it happens. Yeah, and I heard uh, you taught. You said you had a fear of being buried alive. Now I heard that you had a gnarly one this year as far as an avalanche goes. Yeah, um, we were uh, in Switzerland shooting a photo project with a uh, uh, Vernon deck, big air horn, big air horn. Um, yeah, and we we were in the zone that we've been shooting for. Two weeks, like every single day for two weeks, we'd been in that zone and nothing had moved at all. We've been like super careful, um, like taking all the precautions that you like you have to when you're out in the backcountry. Um, but on that last day, it was the last day before I was going to come over here. So I flew here the next day. But so we went up and then the wind has shifted. So it had wind loaded this like south facing face that was like all ice underneath but me being a fucking shithead didn't think about that you know like it it was just like a mellow like slope and then a rock and then it, like another slope and then it went up on the other side and and we were shooting this wind lip on the other side and then and then we were kind of just like yeah let's just 
do a turn here before like on the way there. And then I drop into this thing, try to get some speed. And then like before that rock, I just do like a backside turn and I just feel like everything just like, and it just ripped. And then I look up cause I'm like, I hope this thing is just below me, but I look up the whole entire face. It's probably like 300 feet wide and then like at least like three feet deep. And then I'm just like, fuck, I need to outrun this thing. Like I'm going to be buried if I don't. And then I scream like slide. And then I hear Vernon screaming behind me. So I know he knows where I am. And then I just like stay up, stay standing. So like started swimming, riding down, like tried to, tried to not fuck up. Uh, and then I come to a stop in the bottom gully and it starts going up on the other side. I had like snow up to my, like my waist basically. And then I stop, snow keeps coming. I'm just like, fuck me, dude, this is going to suck. I'm not dying because I know that he knows where I am and he's going to find me, but I might be out for a couple of minutes, you know, like I'm going to be buried right now. So I just kind of like cover my like mouth to try and create a little bit of an, like a pocket of air. Snow keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. And then when it stops, like right at my shoulders and I'm like, dude, what the hell? And then Vernon can't come down because like the other side of the face is like didn't slide, but it might if he goes down, you know, and it was all like rocks everywhere. So he couldn't ride down like the Abbey path. So I had to like get my backpack off and dig myself out. And my board was like, it was concrete down there. So I was like, I had to dig my board out and then the clouds roll in. We can't see shit. And then we have to get out. And it took us like three hours to get out. And it was like, it was kind of heavy. And I got on a fucking plane the next morning, flew, flew to Jackson Hole. Jesus, dude. That could have went real bad. Yeah. Oh, but that was heavy. Another thing for the listeners that are unfamiliar with slides, like explain how quickly the snow sets up. Yeah. I mean, like, it's like as soon as that, like, air gets pushed out of the snow, when it moves, it turns to concrete. You can't move. You're like, it's like, no matter how strong you think you are, you, ha- you have nothing. It's like mother nature is going to fuck you up. Mm-hmm. It's so gnarly. So like my board got like caught under it right away. And I like tried to like get my nose out. No chance. Mm-hmm. And it was just like the snow just kept building, kept building, kept building. But I like, I like managed to keep my cool, which was like a really good feeling, like a safe feeling because like you, you always like, it's in the back of your mind. Like, what am I going to do if I'm ever in an avalanche? And like, mm-hmm. wh- am I going to freak out? Am I going to panic? Like, what am I going to do? So I'm like super like stoked that I managed to keep my cool and, and get out of it like that. But dude, that was, it was kind of a gnarly experience for sure. If you were two feet lower, you would have been buried. Oh yeah, dude. If I, if I would have like, f- like fell over or sat down on my ass or something, I would have been under. Yeah. So like the, Ooh. like standing was just you up and Vernon? Nobody else? Just us, dude. Damn. Yeah, dude, it wasn't the smartest move. That's another thing. Sure, another, another. What are what are the takeaways of things you could have done better in hindsight? Well, definitely don't get a false sense of security of where like places you've been riding a bunch, like just thinking like everything's the same from day to day. Like that's the biggest takeaway for me. Like always check the snowpack, check conditions, check like wind direction to know exactly what the snowpack is doing, and uh, and have a good crew. I'm lucky to have an experienced mountain guy like Vernon with me. Like if there's one guy 
who's out there like, that I want to have with me in Europe, then like he's definitely like up there. So like I knew that he was going to be able to find me for sure. But it's like you want a crew, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to be more people. Vernon's definitely worth a couple people, though, huh? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> he's, he's a, a big dude. dude, dude yeah, he would get me he's, out of he's there a for big sure. Dude, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think even with travel, anything in life is getting too comfortable is like the biggest, mm-hmm. yeah, biggest F- mistake famili- you can make. Familiarity doesn't equal safety. Yeah, no. and then another thing too is like you know, like when we go out, of it's a little bit of a tiptoey day. We try to make sure we have the right amount of crew, like usually four or five people is yep. pretty ideal for being able to move around the mountains and, and know that the people with you know what they're doing. And then uh, another thing, too, what you're talking about is basically a train trap. So when it slides into a gully, think about, you know, when you're up, up on the hill, think about which way the snow is going to move. And and so if there's a there's – a, it goes, you know, flattens out or there's a high point where somewhere you can get. But, you know, if it goes into a gully, that's where a lot of people die in train traps because yep. it just goes – it stacks up so high and so fast – and you can't get out of that. So another thing we always recommend is like, you know, take an avalanche class, learn this stuff, just take the time to enjoy the mountains because it can definitely be deadly out there. Oh yeah, scary <sighs> shit. Uh, you want to keep wearing the wig? I feel like you've done your ten. Oh, minutes. we got we got ten minutes. <laughs> yeah, you definitely did ten minutes. Right, yeah. Sweet. Yeah, I'll get. It. I was getting kind of itchy actually. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think Bud's had a little bit of head lice when he <laughs> last night put that on. So. <laughs> Now, let, now, let's talk about another aspect of uh, North American backcountry uh, riding, and that's uh, snowmobiling. So how's your, how's your snowmobile skill set? Mm. Yeah, I know where we're going with this, but... Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> <laughs> Is this a setup question? This, well, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna ease this one in. Yeah. I mean, it's a good question, though. It is, definitely. you guys don't sled much where no, you're from, no. I imagine. Uh, literally, the first time I went out in the backcountry sledding by myself... Or, like, on my own sled was this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, it's safe to say that you're probably horrible at snowmobiling. Not a very avid snowmobiler, no. (laughs) It comes with time, right? Yeah. You learn by your mistakes. You do. Otherwise, you just thrown on and doubled, right? What's up? In the past, you just were doubled, like... Yeah, like, I haven't really, like, been on that much, like, snowmobile terrain at all. Uh, I've been to Jackson Hole, like, once with Volcom. I just doubled with, with, like, Gooch, which was insane. And he just told you what to do. Lean, lean, lean with me. So easy. Yeah. But, but yeah, this year was definitely a steep learning curve. Where'd you get a sled? (laughs) Do you have a sled now? Uh, no, uh, Monster actually had oh, to get the deal with, uh, Polaris. So they I got heard, three brand new 850s. Yeah, I heard you treated that one really good, the one that you Yeah, had. oh, dude, I was killing it. Smooth, it. Didn't, nothing went nothing wrong. Nothing wrong, Nothing dude. went wrong with that. Nothing I'll, wrong I'll tell you with what, that if sled. Polaris is listening, we wouldn't mind a deal. You know? uh, I'm more of a do guy myself, <laughs> but I'll, take a, I'll take a Polaris. I'm down yeah. I call it Polaris. Yeah, I, t- I call it Polaris personally, but yeah, they both work. <laughs> You're yeah, not going to get a What's the deal with that? What's the deal like the ski do versus Polaris kind of? It's just what you own. Yeah, basically whatever snowmobile you have, you talk shit on the other ones. Got it. That's how it works. Got it. So if you switch over, you talk shit on the one you just had. It's... It's just a point of pride. Um, men were were prideful idiots, so yep. it's just kind of right along the lines with that. I know. Now, um, now this clip I'm going to show. Uh, I'd like to preface it with the fact that you should always be wearing a snowmobile uh, helmet when you're on the <laughs> on the sled. So let's just get that out of the way. So you, you made a mistake there, huge mistake. So that's why I kind of thought that I was going to be in the safe zone on this. Like, is they're not going to be showing it because I'm not wearing a helmet? But I like it. <laughs> We we don't have any uh, connections with helmet companies. Or That's me right there. <laughs> so what we have here is a guy that uh, – give us the walkthrough before this happened. All right. 
So we uh, we you, were you out. Tell he really loves this <laughs> yeah, clip. He He's really like enjoying this. this. <laughs> <laughs> we were out in Utah filming. Uh, we shot a jump called uh, Mineshaft, which mm. is a legendary jump, a respectable mm-hmm. jump. Yep, definitely. A lot of a uh, lot of good uh, shots and a lot of good video parts on that jump. Mm. Uh, we had a really good session there. Um, got some good tricks. We were pretty amped up. Uh, got back to the to the truck. Uh, and, uh, Stala was hassling me like, dude, you got to load the sled, dude. You got to load the sled. And I was like, fuck, why would I have to like fucking load the sled? Why can't anyone <laughs> like, I can actually snowmobile load the sled. Yo, you got to do it. You got to do it. You got to figure out how to do it. It's like, all right, fuck it. I'm going to fucking load the sled. And then <laughs> respect. He likes to get in the mix. He likes to get in the mix. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then, so, and then we were ri- driving, uh, monsters F three fifty kind of brand new $80,000 truck with a sled deck on top. And this is like a, this is a high truck with a sled deck on top of the bed and the ramp to go up. It is like super steep. So you have to carry some speed going into that thing. And, um, yeah. So here's the clip. Hit it. Here we go. Let's get a little audio so that people can hear this. Yeah. And let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Are you okay, dude? Yeah, I'm good. I'm skate. I'll tell you what. I've been uh, sledding for over ten years, and when it's situation unloading a truck on that, I still would ask Chris or someone to do it for yeah, me. Yeah, exactly. I think I've been so I've been sledding for a clean two weeks. <laughs> yes, you should have just let someone with experience. Oh yeah, you know you got to respect somebody that wants to get in the mix. Yeah, though. True. It's like you know whether it's cliff diving, whether it's <laughs> yeah, true hitting the big cheese wedge. You don't want to be the sled. guy sitting on the side. You don't want to be on the side. You got to get yeah. in the mix. Yeah. So. Yeah. What um, was the damage report? All right, so like, so what happened is, <laughs> so mind for, you, for the listeners, just to, for the people that didn't see that, what happened is he he loads the sled, gets to the top, Air Bud Golden Retrievers it kind of on top of the sled deck, lands too far to the side, it kickflips off the side, he jumps off like an eight foot tall sled deck, and uh, seemed to be okay, right? Yeah, that was pretty much exactly what happened. I was like, I came in. I think I had like pretty good speed, but then when I was halfway up, I felt like I was slowing down. So like, and then I full whiskey throttled it, airborne this fucking twenty twenty one brand new Polaris eight fifty, and then now I'm like, I'm flying over an eighty thousand dollar F three fifty, land on top of the like the cab. I hear something break, just shatter. It was a back window, and then <laughs> I land, and then. <laughs> There's this like there's this like guard thing on the sled deck to prevent <laughs> you from doing that. Called a headache rack. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's yep. to prevent it. So I land one ski on that, one ski off that, full kickflip. <laughs> I go off, side flip off the side of it, and then land. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> I just broke the truck and dude, the sled. More importantly, good thing you didn't land under yeah, that yeah, sled, yeah, yeah. dude. No, that's heavy. He's nimble. He's nimble. How yeah, much? Is, how much does sled weigh? Uh, I think. They're 500 without gas, and Ooh. probably with all the shit on a little 550, something like that. Yeah, good yeah. thing you had that air awareness of a true <laughs> champion. Yeah, dude. And then it's like, grab the sled. It's fine. Really? Beautiful. The sled was Shout fine. out to Polaris. Yeah, that was Quality insane. Sled. I was like, I broke the sled. I broke the window. I broke like the truck, everything. 
Well, and uh, yeah, sled was fine, completely fine. That's there was incredible. like a, a little like ding in the plastic, which is nothing. Which is nothing. That's gonna happen on a normal day sledding. Yeah, anyways, exactly. Really. And then like the the back window, and there was a little, little dent on the side of the truck. Well, I can but, take you. I can take you through what you did wrong. There. There's a classic <laughs> mistake. So you want to come in with some speed, but as soon as your track hits the uh, basically the ramp, yeah, it links up. So yep. you carry enough speed for your track to hit the ramp, and then you can back way off. Yeah, the exactly. But I I love the respect the send. That's what he get. That's what he does. He he, and when you say link up, you can just put a little gas. Yeah, it gets traction once it hits the ramp. It's yep. not going to slip. So I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah, <laughs> nobody <laughs> you talked. Thought you had to keep going until you made it all the way up there. Yeah, dude, those poor monster sleds. I was talking to Sage and uh, when he was filming for up? his real snow, and he's like, uh, basically, he was mounting a board rack to the back of one of these brand new machines. And he essentially thought it was like a skidoo where you just kind of drill into the tunnel. And where he drilled in basically was where all the radiator coolant stuff is. <laughs> so he's got this brand new sled. He starts drilling holes in it. And there's like radiator fluid <laughs> fucking squirting, cooling, squirting out. He fucked the sled. He had to bring him to the shop. <laughs> then you got fucking tour gear over here kickflipping it. Thank God those guys got that sugar water money, though. Yeah, and, right. So, you know, I honestly don't think they paid for it either. Like, <laughs> That like That's Polaris, incredible. Sounds like a Polaris problem. I mean, did anyone get, <laughs> <laughs> did anyone even get bummed at you? No, I called yeah. Austin and uh, like, whatever. He had a couple the night before, so he was kind of hungover, and was like, "Hey, dude, uh, kind of." I kick flipped the sled off the yeah, truck. I kind of <laughs> broke the like the back window and uh, kick flipped the the truck the sled. He's like, "How fast were you fucking going? You like you can't do that." Like, and I'm like, "That's like literally impossible." It's like, "Nope." Well, I did it. <laughs> And then, uh, but he was like super cool about it. So just another I, day yeah. for those guys, I imagine. Yeah, I mean, I was ready to to cough up some dough to really like, fix it. I don't it, think but, they would have done but, that. But um, but they were super cool about it. So like, yeah, I was, yeah, major props to Austin for handling that one. Thank you. Oh, well, we're glad you're all right. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> so let's got start. a dope clip though. Yeah, yeah. I'm got a dope clip. That's a heater clip. Heater. I know it. That thing's. I, I'm glad that it surfaced for this episode. I know it was under wraps for a while. It was. Uh, you know, it's it's also a great uh, tutorial for uh, what not to do. People exactly. Can learn from that. Yep. Exactly. Um, <laughs> let's talk about your Olympic experience, dude. Because the first one. I believe you're coming from a backcountry trip, or is that the second one? No, first one. I wasn't supposed to go on the first one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was... <laughs> that Which one was that? P 14. That's Sochi. 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 Sochi Got it. Yeah. Yep. Um, so what happened was we were at X Games, and then they announced the team. I wasn't on it, and so I went to Europe uh, to go on a backcountry trip with uh, Marcus Keller and a couple other European Volcom dudes. And... Uh, so we, I get to Zurich, and then we drive like eight hours up to this place called Bosco Gurin, which is like a sick-ass zone, a lot of snow. Um, and then when we're like half an hour away, like Thomas Harstad, who was like the boss of the team back then, calls me, and he's like, where are you? I'm, like, I'm in Switzerland. He's like, how far are you from an airport? At eight and a half minus a half? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like seven and a half hours away from the airport. Like, get there now. And I'm like... I can't do that. Dude, I'm filming right now. Like, I'm like, and then he's like, dude, Torstein broke his collarbone. You need to get here right now. So I get in a buddy's car, drive it to Zurich, go into the parking garage where they have like this whole like Team Switzerland Olympic check in thing. Everyone's wearing their uniforms and everything. And I'm just like, civilian. <laughs> <laughs> Full like, 
government issue bags fucking all like Volcom clothes I'm like I don't look like an Olympian at all no paperwork no nothing I have a passport and an email and like yeah I'm gonna get on this flight and then this dude's like looking at me all weird and like what what are you talking about you're not going and then I showed him the email it's like I got a ticket to fly on the Olympic like the Swiss Olympic team chartered flight uh, so yeah I get there this dude comes out waiting for me like uh, at the like customs and he gives me all my paperwork get me through this like private driver comes pick me up take me up to the, the olympic village and then i have like two hours of practice and then straight into contest Holy, so you, the olympics was like already going on basically oh yeah they had three days of practice oh wow i had two hours so tor got hurt in practice yeah so, so torstein he was trying to switch back 270 on like one of the big rails and then he, he like, went over the bars and, and uh, broke his collarbone. And at that point, he was pretty much favored to be a top dog. Yes, yeah. most so, definitely. So on that flight over, are you just shitting yourself? Like, what's going through your head on the way? I don't, I, I don't even remember. I don't even think I was nervous because mm -hmm. I, I was, like, fully contest mode up until X Games. And then they tell you that what you've been working for, you're not on the team. You're like, like fuck it. I'm going to go film. And then when you're like get drawn back into that bubble, kind of takes a while to adjust, you know? So I don't even like, I was just kind of probably thinking like, dude, I wonder if these dudes have like, they're probably looking at me like the biggest fucking idiot right now. Cause I'm like full civilian <laughs> on that flight, you know? Like, and uh, yeah, I didn't even have time to get nervous, which could be a good thing, but I ended up screwing up. So yeah. So what I, I wonder too, because you guys got the Norway team and you guys have coaches and it's we talk talk about it on the show often, but at the top of these slope style runs, there's like always coaches from different countries speaking in different languages. And um, were you were you like, you know, what was going on at the top before you drop in for the Olympics? That's what I want to <laughs> know. Like, what's what's the vibe in the booth, dude? Olympics is crazy because it's the the one contest where like everything's on the line. Like, it happens every four years. It's, like, the biggest sporting event in the world. And everyone's silent up there. They don't talk. Like, people are fucking shitting their pants up there. Like, no <laughs> one's, like, really, like, no one's talking. It just like, smells it, like poop up yeah, there. It's fully like, quiet. <laughs> What's that smell? Uh, I don't know. Four people have shit themselves in the booth so far. Fear-based. Yeah. No, it's crazy. Like, all the other contests, everyone's, like, laughing, talking, having a good time. But up there, for, like, an Olympic finals... It's silent. Oof. Crickets. Up yeah, there. it's so weird. It's like the craziest experience. But, I mean, it's cool to have been there, but it's definitely not the vibe that I'm looking for when I'm up doing a contest. You know, like True. I want to talk about everything not snowboarding when I'm up at the top. And then when I drop in, you're like, all right, you got to do what you got to do. Because if I like overthink everything, then I like mess it up. Mm -hmm. It's like, let's make everybody very, very uncomfortable. Yeah, make it worse. Right, right before they do the biggest run of their life. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yep. <laughs> I feel like the move, I don't think you can get all the passes, but the move would be like, let's bring all the boys out, yeah. hang out in the rider's tent, let's be idiots, and let's keep it light, and then I'll go chuck ass and get myself a goddamn medal. That well, I mean, that's that would have been a winning recipe for yeah. sure. Like, if you can do that, but you can't get anyone in there. I know? guess you and... You and uh, Stale and all your boys are up there. Probably sound like you're talking in reverse record. <laughs> yep. <laughs> speaking code. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are speaking in uh, speaking Morse code. code. Yeah, yeah. A little Morse code. Yeah. No, it's it's good. It's nice that we have like a lot of people, like a lot of homies. Who was the team that year? Fourteen. It was Yerman, Broughton, Stale, 
uh, Torstein. Well, he was out, so it was me, and then uh, uh, Emil Ulsletten. Okay. It's like, yeah, he, uh, like, so Yerman doesn't snowboard anymore, and Emil doesn't snowboard anymore, but. What do you mean? So that they, was before the totally full, quit snowboarding? Well, I mean, like. Uh, competitively? Competitively, and, like, gotcha. they don't, like, they're not making a living out of it. That anymore. was kind of phase. There was, like, Andreas, or there, there's a bunch of phases, but now it's, like, the the current Norwegian team is, like, basically, like, it's, like, everybody's, like, on roids. It's, like, uh, Mark McGuire in the MLB. Yeah. Just on, it's, like, you guys are all just fucking stacked. What's yeah. Going? It's kind of, like, now it's, like, it's been, like, a little generational change now. Mm-hmm. Um, I just quit the team actually, mm-hmm. uh, after this season. Now it's like Marcus, Marcus Cleveland, Mons, Roisland, Stahl is still in there. Uh, Marcus Olimstad, Fridge, uh, and a couple other dudes, uh, who are all really super good. So, um, I think it's looking good for sure, but a lot of other countries are looking pretty freaking good too. Oh yeah. Some yeah. competition out so there. What, what I want to go back to is with the coaching thing. What's your take on coaching and what were those, like, what was your Norwegian coach saying before you drop in for the Olympics? And, and remind me how you, well, you did too, because I forget. Oh, uh, Sochi, I did, I didn't even make it past qualifiers, I think. Okay. I got like, like 20 something probably. Um, but yeah, uh, coaching is like, I've never been coached. I've always been like coached by my homies. It's always been like you learn something, I learn it from you, you learn it from me kind of deal. Like you kind of help each other. So our like Norwegian coaches, they've always been just like riding around, filming, just shredding, trying to keep the vibe up, you know, trying to like keep morale high, you know, like just everyone has a good time. And when you're having a good time, you're riding good. And that's like, that's been like the mantra of the team kind of like as long as you're having fun, you're doing it right. And then that's what they said. Like, that's what he said when I'm, I'm at the top. Just enjoy it. Have fun. You know, it's not like, just fucking, uh, let's go, let's get this fucking gold and like all that shit. It's not like that at all. Which is like, I don't know, to each of their own. But for me, that works for sure. Okay, then let's fast forward to the Pyeongchang Olympics. Let's talk about that experience. Yeah, that was definitely more of like a, a build up to it. I was expected to get on the team and like make it and and um it was like I wanted to do good there. Um so yeah, I mean we went to so I went <laughs> I uh went to uh, I broke my uh scaphoid in uh, November in Oslo. So I had a cast on and then at Dutor I dislocated my elbow. So and then Right the day before the Olympic Big Air final, I land on my fucking head and I separate my AC joint. Oh, God. So I was like, <laughs> all right, I've been doing like all this work. And then now I'm like, I'm like RoboCop over here, you know, like it's just like tape everywhere. And it's like, I'm like, I'm not myself. I'm just like, I need enhancements to like even be able to get out of bed. You know what I mean? It's fucked up. So like, yeah, I got into that final and I was just like, it's like, not happening. All the, yeah, like kind of. <laughs> all right, let's just like fuck it and see what happens. Did and you then, actually have a cast on and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. cast on. <laughs> Robocop. Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> I had a cast on here, and then I had like this, uh, like this was fully taped, so that I couldn't like extend it more than like here, forty-five degrees. Wow. And then, um, and then I had this other like splint something on there too and then my ac joint was like taped down because like when you separate your ac joint it pops up 
Yeah. But God. so my physio just like taped it down. That's like such a nagging pain too. Yeah. It's like this deep. Yeah. Yeah. And when in you try to like initiate a spin or anything like that, it's just like you feel it like clicking in there and stuff. It's so weird. You basically had no chance, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean. I wouldn't say that, but yeah. like, <laughs> but I just mean like you're not yourself. You you're not no, you've, definitely you've trained not. All this time, and here you are, like RoboCop. Yeah, bomber. So how'd you do? Um, I got uh, what I got sixth, I think. That's pretty good for RoboCop. Sixth or seventh might have been seventh, uh, but um, but yeah, um, it was like super flat light. It was really hard to ride that day because the day before it was like warm and slushy and sunny and nice, and then it got cold and and like overcast on the finals days. So it was icy and flat light. We need to talk about Big Air, the, the fact that you pulled. We're going to go back to the old switch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to beat that dead horse. But I, I'm going to take you to my experience watching the Olympics because you're watching it. Everybody's chucking ass out there. And you're like, and I just remember the fact that you're at the goddamn Olympics and he does the switchback five method on the biggest stage. You know, uh, I remember just being like yelling at my TV, just like, <laughs> Fuck yes. Like, literally <laughs> yelling at it. Like, fuck yes. So it's like you may not have won the gold, but you kind of were the people's champ. You won our hearts. Yeah. I appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, it was like I landed my first run. I did a, a like, because everyone were doing 1440s, and it was like a big thing. Like, we were talking in the writer's tent, like, dude, just go 14. You'll be fine. You'll be in. And I'm like, dude, like, people, people are going to, like, people are going to chuck in this, like, second heat, because I was in the second heat. And then like I'm I'm going back 16. Like I'm going to I want to be safe. Like so I did. I went I went back 16. Went pretty big. Landed it good, and got it like a like a like 94 or something like crazy high score out of 100. Yeah. And then I was like, all right, I'm good. Like I'm good. And then like my brother texts me like, dude, you gotta fucking do it. And then Spenny texts me like, dude. <laughs> If you don't do a switchback five right now, I'm gonna beat your ass when you get back here. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then I was kind of like, yeah, well, I mean, like, I kind of have to do it. So, as I was, I was already in. I felt like super comfortable. And then, even though I, I wasn't, I couldn't have done anything better. You know, like I couldn't have upped that score at all. True. So like, all right, might as well chuck one for the boys. You know, like, and then uh, ended up, like, yeah, that ended up being like. What everyone noticed, I guess. How was it judged? Sickest thing, dude. So uh, they gave me like a 65 or something. Like, that's a pretty decent score. Mm -hmm. There was one dude, I'm not going to say his name now, but there was one dude who did a backside 1080 in that, and I beat him. <laughs> As it should be. That's good judging. Yeah, that's actually good judging. Because um, one thing I want to highlight, though, that it seems to be a theory, uh, theme in your life that I think a lot of people can can uh, take away. Chuck one for the boys. Chuck yeah. one for the boys. I really like Chuck one for the boys. Is like you know you always love having that guy in the crew that's like Chuck one for the boys. Yeah. Like he's gonna he's gonna get up there. He's gonna Chuck one for the boys. Well, you yeah. kind of have to Chuck one for the boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if no boys, there wouldn't be any you, you know? Yeah, like, true. Yeah. Yeah. And especially on such a platform that you were on and everyone in the world watching you and yeah. people texting you from across the planet. Yeah, I kind of fucked myself on that one. Because I was like, <laughs> all right, you're the Switchback 5 guy now. Yeah. Like, <laughs> all right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> we could keep talking about it for maybe we got maybe three more hours of Switchback yeah, 5 talk. keep talking Switchback 5 talk. Yeah. But, um, or we could pay the bills. Let's pay the bills. <laughs> uh, I think it's time for a pub beer situation, huh, buds? Hashtag. Cheap fun beer. 
If you're looking to get absolutely shit-faced this summer... <laughs> Which people are looking to do, let's be honest. I, I would mean, recommend summer. chugging some uh, pub beer. I heard that Torgier recently maybe picked up a case or two. Yeah, Mount Hood, huh? I did. Hood River. It was a gas station. What was your inspiration? Oh, it's just cheap, fun beer, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was ready to have a, a good time and not spend a lot of was money. Was it enjoyable? Oh, super good. This stuff just, it's so drink, have, highly drinkable. Yeah, exactly. definitely smashable, for we ha- sure. We have a, uh, yeah, we have a happy customer over here. So now from Pub Beer, we have a new kind of uh, game show. I don't know what you want to call it. It's called the Pub Beer Crapshoot. So uh, you roll uh, dice, you roll two dice, and what you get, um, there's a list of two through 12. Snake Eyes, tell us about the time you went number two in your pants, you shit your pants. Three is what would your house party entrance theme song be? Four, That's a good question. If you roll a four, what is one of your worst bails? Five, would you rather have a tattoo designed by Grenier and tattooed by Eastone or vice versa? <laughs> what Six, what is your name on your fake ID? Seven, who is your favorite people to, who is your favorite person to party with? Excuse me. Eight, tell us about a breakout moment that helped launch your career. Nine, name one thing on your career bucket list. Ten, What's the biggest prize check you've ever won? If you've never won a check, hand th- hand them a $100 pub beer check. Uh, looks like you're not going to get that $100 check. You already kind of fucked yourself in that. And <laughs> They if, haven't sent that to us yet. If, if you had to be Siamese twins with one person in industry, which person would you be stuck with? And 12, shotgun a beer or liquid death, depending on your choice. Now, take these two dice here. Shake them up and throw them on the table. Let's see what you get. All right. What's the goon gear? Is that it's a, a six. Oh, the goon gear is a six? I got an eight. So that's an eight. Eight would be, it's a classic one. Tell us about a breakout <laughs> moment that helped launch your career. <laughs> We've all that what we ask every episode. <laughs> These dice are rigged. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, that, that, uh, that 540 and, uh, in uh, Korea was was definitely one of them, um, and I think also the first time I got on uh, an Aaron style podium was in uh, I won the Junior Jam in 2011, I think it was at U.S. Open. No, no, or it was a it was Aaron an style Aaron style oh, Junior contest. So it was uh, it was like Jamie Nichols, Pat Bergener, me, and a couple other dudes, and then I ended up uh, winning that, and that got you like a ticket back to the big contest the the following year. But there was this dude who got injured, so they gave me a spot that same year, and I ended up getting like fourth or something, which was insane. How old? Uh, I was like eighteen or something, like twenty maybe. Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I was super stoked on that. So, so you're strapping in next to the big dogs at Aaron Style. Yeah, it was insane. Like the like literally my idols. That's a good feeling. Yeah. Just for shits and gigs, who would you pick as your? Uh Siamese twin. I think that's a good question. question. (laughs) (laughs) Not a lot of people I can spend an extended amount of time with without going crazy. Um, So, like, in the industry, that dude is stolid. We've lived together and traveled together for, like, 10 years. So, I'd probably beat the shit out of him a couple of times but <laughs> but like that's probably the one dude that I, I think i could tolerate the most see i'd have to have a dude like harrison someone who just wouldn't care what was going on yeah. no matter what's going on <laughs> he's good just logic. down for the ride yeah that's good logic always happy mm-hmm. he might not be that stoked on my pick but <laughs> i feel like if you guys you and harrison were siamese twins you'd be like yeah like 
come on, like let's hang out with Buds and, and Harry. <laughs> like they're, they're a great combo pack. It's a great combo pack. Work. Uh, we have a guest question, and this is from your team manager, and uh, it's also sounds like it's in reverse. Here we go. What's up, Bombhole? What's up, Chris? What's up, Easton? Canute here. Um, so thanks for asking me to ask a question. I am so nervous right now because <laughs> Bombhole is the shit. It's the hottest thing in snowboarding. This shit is bananas. Thank you. From myself and all the snowboarders out there, Thanks, exactly what we want, exactly what we need. Let's get to the question. I heard you got the homie Torget in the booth right now, so I'm gonna ask him a little question in Norwegian because he, uh, I guess, it's kind of a Norwegian matter. Torget, hello. Hans spørgsmål til dig. Hvorfor forlader du det norske landslag, snowboard landslag, nu ret for OL? Hvorfor tog du det valg? Og hvad skal du fremover? Tack för det. Jag spör som chefen din. Nej bara till. Men andra frågan mitt är har Herr Grendis brukar han boxeller bak den pulten där? All right. Thanks guys. <laughs> Looking forward to see this episode and thank you again Bombhole community. You guys are the best. Bye. Wow, that really does sound like a record in reverse. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long question. <laughs> or two, two questions actually. <laughs> I thought I heard a Grendy's in there, but I'm not sure. I don't know. You did. I did. Yeah, you did. Uh, what's actually pretty funny is Knut has a super American accent on his Norwegian. Really? Yeah, 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 He's been here yeah, too yeah. long, uh, huh? But uh, yeah, he asked me um, why I quit the team right now before the Olympic season and what I'm going to be doing. And uh, we've been talking a bunch about this, but um, but um, I talked to Sage about it the other day, and he was like, dude, you finally graduated. So that's what, that's always been the dream. Graduate to the backcountry. Graduate yes. the contest scene. Yeah, like Sage did. Exactly. So, like, I've been competing my entire life, and the dream has always been to shoot the film video parts, to, like, go out in the backcountry and, and do some, like, gnarly Kickflip shit. your sled. Maybe. Exactly. <laughs> I'm getting, that that I'm getting there. I'm getting there. It's all part of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, so, yeah, I'm going to be filming a bunch. Um, the plan right now is to be based out of here uh, for the next couple of years and uh, try and film some crazy stuff. Wow. Are you going to be going out with SLC. Sage? Or what's your, what's That's your the plan, yeah. Oh, a couple big dogs Ooh. trying to eat. Okay. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to team up this season, and uh, hopefully that goes well, and then we'll take it from there. Are you guys got a project in the works? That uh, it's kind of up in the air still, but still? but uh, yeah, we're definitely gonna just try and get out there and get after it. Saw a session with these guys on Pyramid Gap this year. It was uh, heavy hitters. So these guys all season is gonna be a little out of control. A couple huh? goofy footers, uh, Chuck and Roast. Out Chuck there, and Roast. That'd be kind of interesting though, because we like we. We do a lot of the same tricks. Mm. So, like, if we get to a jump, it's definitely mm. going to be, like, who's doing, be like, yeah, who's who, doing uh, this on this jump? You know? Shock on cap nine. Yeah. yeah. Oh, shit. That's well, going to be some super need, sessions. Uh, if you guys need a sponsor, potentially run through a wall smelling salts. Good to sponsor. Oh, yeah. There we go. Hype you up. I actually want to try one of those. I've never tried it in my life. We can arrange oh. that. Yeah, we should definitely try it. Let's, let's do it right now. Okay, we had to run out to the car and grab some uh, run through a wall smelling salts for those who don't need doors. Now, uh, luckily, we have one left. Now, what you want to do here with this is crack it. Crack it and snap it. Snap it and sniff it. Snap and, and sniff. Uh, you, you squeeze it, and then you just give it a big old whiff, and then send it over to us. The so, old so snap you, and sniff. You just, no, like, no, you just squeeze it. It's going to turn a color. Yep. And then you, like. Squeeze it right in the middle. Just squeeze it. And then give it a big sniff. 
And yeah. then yeah, big whiff. Whoa! Oh, yeah. God, Jesus. Dude. What do I do with this thing now? Uh, dude, you know what's so funny? Dude, he looks like he's getting kind of zapped. He, yeah. He, he's getting zapped from the run he, through a wall. He went hard. Jesus. Another one. He's got to get in the mix with the boys. Yeah. You know, he's got to do it for the boys. It's, yeah, you got to do it right. If you're going to do it, If do you're going right. to do it. I love that. You know, uh, it's funny. I was just, we just moved out of my garage and we're in this new studio and it was a, uh, it was a run through a wall. Smelling salt graveyard all over the floor. There had to be like oh, underneath. There had to be like twenty five old <laughs> dingers on the ground. <laughs> Basically, every time we sit at the booth, we're just smelling it, anyways. <laughs> That's beautiful. I think it might be time for some hot takes. Ooh, I love it. Um, so we always start off with um, both male and female MJ or and or goat of snowboarding. Who you got? Ooh. Um, that's a tough one. It's like definitely like generational for sure. But, uh, I mean, when I grew up, uh, when I started competing, like, Andreas and Torstein were the shit. So, like, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say Torstein, dude. That's a great answer. I, I don't know if we've gotten that one yet. I want to say maybe once, but I'm not sure. Maybe not. You know what's cool? If you look at his contest results over the – it's like it, – I remember when we interviewed him, it was like fucking two pages of, like, mm-hmm. X Games golds and everything else. It, insane. That yeah. dude, he won everything, dude. He did. It's a great answer. Okay, who you got for female goat? Uh, ooh, that's a big one too. Uh, I guess like if I'm gonna go contest on that one too, I'm gonna have to go Jamie Anderson. Yeah, I think that's probably the correct answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, love that. She's. she's I like I like Zoe though coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's gonna have a strong future. Huh? Oh yeah, she's the future MJ. Yeah. Also, uh, worst trend. What do you got? Uh, like the folding up the pants. Like people who fold up their pants like above their boots. I don't get what's going on with that. You had another one in the Patreon I really liked. Oh, the the yeet and the freaking uh, <laughs> what else? Like no cap and all that bullshit. I don't know what that means, dude. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. You got to stay up with the current slang, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just urban. That's true, but I These also have to words. keep up with Norwegian slang, dude. I got two two worlds of slang that I got to keep up with. It Does yeet even time. have a meaning? It's like kind of like a like you're like a yeah. I, I, actually, you know, what? I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know. No. Uh, you know what you do? With I the, thought you, know you do was just things. like a noise you're making in you, a rap song. You know, you, you you say them even if you don't know what they mean, just to get in the mix. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean, you just kind of throw it out there. Yeah. Maybe it's in the, the mix. Wrong, you gotta just say. Maybe them. it's the wrong context. You know, you're like you just kind of throw out no cap, even though you have no clue what it means. Yeah. What does no, it mean? No it means cap, no lie. Yeah, no, no, lie. no lie. Got it. But yeet, let's find out if yeet actually has a meaning. I think it's kind of like a, an expression of... Uh, an know, exclamation excitement. of... In, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Enthusiasm, approval, triumph, right. pleasure, Okay, Joy. yeet, no yeet. cap. Like yeet. if you land your sick trick, we're all yelling, yeet, yeet. <laughs> Maybe not as high as that, though. Yeet. You know what I uh, I like to hit is like a little woo. Yeah. Know, when somebody lands... Yeah. But I have a friend named Woo, so every time he lands something <laughs> skating, he thinks I'm saying his name. <laughs> My boy, he's like, huh? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what? What do you want? Woo-gy? I'm like, no, you just, I'm excited about your trick. Yeah, so he's um, just more of like hollering. Best, yeah. best, but advice, no caps got a meaning. Best advice you've ever received, or, uh, yeah, uh, definitely just like try your best at whatever you do. Uh, if you're gonna do something, 
like put your put your all into it and like uh, he just did with the smelling salts. Yeah. yeah. He like, went deep on it. Yeah, if you if you if you're going to do something, don't half ass it. That's always always a great uh lesson all it across is. the board. Yeah. So we have uh, one last and final guest question from your goat. Greetings, Bombhole Squad. This is Torstein checking in and uh, Turgate hey. in the booth. I've got a question for you. Uh, I know you've always been on it in the way you approach uh, cross training and getting ready for the season. Um, I remember when we first started hanging, I was freaking blown away of how insanely strong you were. And I think it shows in your style and riding as well. Um, anyways, do you remember TCB? If so, what that period was like for you and, um, where you're at now with off snow, uh, training, uh, I think the listeners would be interested in this, uh, on the fitness side of things. Anyways, congratulations on a banger career so far, and I can't wait to see what's next for you. Uh, thanks, guys. Right on. In the words of Zach Hale, washboard abs, he did say. So. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, I've been injured so much that uh, going to the gym has, has kind of become like uh, like an everyday thing. Uh, if I don't do it, I feel like shit. Uh, and if I, and then when I do it, it like makes me feel good. So, so uh, it's kind of just like become a part of my my life uh and like a big part of my life because it's just like the more like the like if i'm in shape at the beginning of the season i'm gonna have a way better season than if i like just party and eat shitty food and don't go to the gym you know so like whatever i can do to stay like healthy and good longer and to be able to snowboard longer days more days in a row i'm gonna do it like I'm not I'm not gonna sit on the couch and watch TV because that's what I want to do that exact moment. I'm gonna go out and like and go for like a like a ten mile run or or go to the gym and do like my like balance like all like the shit that prevents me from getting injured and you know all of that shit you know so so that's kind of become like if I have a good preseason I'm gonna have a good season too you know what I mean so and. uh what he's talking about the the, the um, TCB stuff is when we we went to Encinitas and uh, we stayed there for a couple of months in the fall preseason, and we were working out together every single day, surfing twice a day, going to the gym, and just getting after it, and it was insane. Like, Taking care of business, oh, TCB. Yeah. It was it was really sick, uh, and I was pumped that Torstein kind of invited me to go and took me under his wing and like brought me out to SoCal and like we worked out together taking care of business the, uh, Marcus was his name the dude's like ex-military guy like pre, like personal trainer dude insane so sick and I've never felt better going into a season than I did in 2012 on so. top of surfing twice a day too I mean a natural workout yeah yeah we got pretty jacked when we were in Encinitas yeah it was sick for sure. So that's something I think it's cool for our listeners to hear because how dedicated to your craft you are. You know, it's like you want to be able to do the 14s and the 16s and the switchback five methods. It's like, you know, you guys put in work. You guys work hard at the gym. Now, our listeners always kind of ask what specifically, you know, if you had to recommend maybe uh, two or three things that, that benefit snowboarding-wise at the gym, what do you think? 
sticks uh, out for that? Well, I definitely think that uh, mobility is a big thing. If you like stretch and do your mobility work, then then you're gonna be a lot less prone to get injuries. You know, like because your body's more nimble, and this like the stiffer you get, the easier you break. You know, if you don't bend, you break. Mm-hmm. So. So that's a big one. And definitely do some strength work, like do some squats and do all that stuff just to get your like foundation going because uh, you're going to take hits. Like when you land on a big jump, it's like that's a lot of force, you know. So you're going to have to be able to do that. And then when you initiate tricks too, you're going to have to – you got to get some torque in there, dude. So so definitely strength work and mobility is are, are two big ones. And uh, I like – to do a bunch of cardio and like and I like run a bunch too. It's kinda like like a hobby gotten like lately. So just like get your endurance up because if you have good cardio and you're in good shape, you're gonna be able to take longer days and more days in a row, which means you're gonna get more time snowboarding, you're gonna get better. It's not like you're not it's not the one crazy thing that you do that's gonna like make you better it's like the marginal adjustments that you do every day that's gonna like make the difference in the long run like the the like the 15 extra minutes you put in at the gym every day that's going to be the difference you know it's consistency is more important than just doing it for a quick amount of time and building those patterns and what effect because i I know speaking for me like it's a huge part mentally yeah ideas and and all that stuff like mentally it it is huge for my clear-headedness would you say that has a similar effect for you oh definitely well most definitely it's like if you like get your endorphins going and like clear your head you you're like you're ready to to take on whatever the day throws at you you know Mm -hmm. and in a like a completely different way than if you don't do anything now i heard uh you a note from sage uh, some type of uh Strength test in Norway, uh, Lance Armstrong's bike. What's what's going on with that situation? <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh, so that was kind of a bet that my team, uh, like the team manager for the Norwegian team, made that if anyone podiumed at the Olympics in 2014, he was going to do a bike race, which is essentially a 320 uh, ish mile bike race um, in one go. It's like a 24, close to like all day. It's like a 24 hour yeah. start at like four in the morning or something. Yeah. So we started at 11 PM. So, so, so what, what happened was we were at a dinner, like a sponsored dinner with like DNB, the bank, you know, like that's yep. like the, the team sponsor. And then the dude who was like the marketing director for that bank, he was like, well, if you're going to do that bike race, like we have Lance Armstrong's old bike sitting around cuz that was like just after he got busted for doping oh, and they shit. bought that bike at an auction for like I don't know like 100 grand or whatever <laughs> and then they had the bike at the office and it's like all right it's not worth anything anymore but it's still a fucking sick bike you know because <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, he got caught doping it's not worth anything yeah no exactly <laughs> like the the sentiment the sentimental value or whatever yeah. that like that's gone but it's still like a 10 grand Dope bike, bike. Yeah. 12 grand bike so, so he said like, yeah, if you want to, if you want to use it, uh, go for it. So he gave me that bike and then, uh, I did that race with my dad, my brother, my uncle, my cousin, and a couple of other homies. We were 11 people and, uh, we started at 11 PM in Trondheim where I'm born or not where I grew up. And, uh, and we biked all the way to Oslo 
which Holy is shit. Wow. 540 kilometers, which is 300 something miles, Shh. 21 hours and 13 minutes or something. Wow. And yeah. so for training for that, uh, question number one, I have uh, to keep the tradition alive. Did you do any doping to uh, just kind of <laughs> keep the tradition alive <laughs> with the bike? With your did boy you do a little bit of juicing or <laughs> find some steroids? Yeah, should have, should have no, uh, sure. I would have recommended doing that. Yeah. They don't test. But. Clean diet. Oh, you. So uh, for training for those type of things, you got to start by doing like a couple hundred miles a week. Is that what you did to build up for it? That was what I was supposed to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you went off the couch? Yeah, no, no I went like I went and did my, my like snowboard more like snowboard specific stuff. So I was like I was in the gym uh, doing all that stuff, and uh, and I just biked maybe like fifty miles a week, um, something like that. And they say that you need to do at least like eight hundred miles or close to a thousand miles, like altogether, before you go do that race. Uh, and I think I had like 350 or something. Damn. Like it was just like, I, I, I was not ready at all. But, um, so my body kind of shut down. Uh, did you I, shit yourself? A lot of people shit themselves. I thought I did. Okay. So uh, when we got close to Oslo, I, uh, was going to release some wind, just fucking crap my pants. I thought <laughs> <laughs> literally just like, release. <laughs> like literally wind. I thought I crapped, but my you pants. didn't. And then. I got like I walked when we got there to Oslo. I walked straight into the shower, full gear on, and then just like, all right, what's the damage? Like, pull the shorts down. Nothing. <laughs> really, ghost shit. Yeah, Literally, crazy, nothing. Ghost shit. I Dude, can't believe you had a ghost shit. It's insane. His body was probably running so lean. I, it was full like, ghost shit. It was probably just like water, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like a clear, yeah, a clear. Yeah, you were so hydrated, maybe. Yeah. It was insane. I ghost, was like, I pulled him down. I was expecting the worst fucking diaper because you were full in the shower. Shit. Yeah, yeah. And I like I sat on it for like three hours before <laughs> oh I got there too. So I was like, fuck, dude, this is gonna be gnarly. But nothing. Yeah, Literally, your body nothing. just gives out, huh? When it when it's done, it's done. Yeah, it was done. I I had like it was gnarly. I like I couldn't feel my like left pinky toe for a week. <laughs> I had like shooting like pains down my neck, and like my knee was all fucked up. You and, went like, too far. Yeah, my hands didn't like my fingers didn't work. So when I went to like break, I had to like use my whole hand, and so it was crazy. Did yeah. you get a crazy like runner's eye type of thing at all? Did any of that happen, or is it just Sufferfest two thousand nine? Well, it's like both because yeah. it's so long. That mm-hmm. it's like you're like it's so like such an a, such a roller coaster, you know. Mm-hmm. You get to know yourself pretty mm-hmm. well. Like, how do you deal with long term pain? You know, like it's <laughs> and just, you didn't give up. Huh? No, we didn't stop. We we stopped like we stopped. I think four or five times to just to like repack our like like rebottle, like get some new like more drinks and more food. Nobody I had like fifty packets up. of food with me. Nobody wanted to give up, and no, everyone got there. Crazy. Not one flat tire, no injuries, no like nobody like fell off their bike. We got we got there, everybody, which Crazy. was freaking sick. That's awesome to have a dad to look up to that does that type of stuff. Oh too, yeah. Because then you're like, oh I can it's like inspo. You can do it when you're older and Yeah. Dude, he he's done it in fifteen and a half hours. Holy shit. Just pinned. Yeah. They Damn. like pinned. Crazy. They had two stops, sixty seconds each. Just like three stack and then you fucking you can. go. Yeah. <laughs> Insane. Your dad's a beast. He kind of seems like a bit of a problem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Kid's a problem. Kid is a problem. So also I heard you're getting into marathon running. Um, I actually did my first marathon uh, two, two, three weeks ago. Yeah. How'd it go? Uh, it went pretty well for my first marathon, I think. I ran in uh, three hours and 11 minutes. Damn. That's fast. So uh, I was like trying to go sub three, but then on mile like 23, like my leg just cramped up. I just couldn't run. 
So Damn. I had to like almost walk, but um, kind of jogged in to three three eleven or three twelve, which was like I'm still like super stoked. It's yeah, like it's uh, not a bad. What's time. the average mile for that? Uh, I'm not good at the the average mile. I'm, I do kilometers. Oh yeah. So we, it, we do it, things that don't make sense in the states yeah. here. That don't. So yeah. KMs. So it's it's like a, it's like a four twenty nine kilometer, which is like maybe like close to a seven, maybe like a six forty five or something. Are you and Sage gonna knock some of these things out? He loves that shit. Yeah, I think we might go head to head. Oh wow! At one point, not like not anytime soon. Can but we get? It's, it's it's happening. Probably. Can we get a little gambling racket going for that? Yeah, head to head. That sounds good. <laughs> yeah, whoever we sponsor, or, you know, who we get our money behind, we get some smelling salts. We get some <laughs> steroids. Yeah, you know, we'll be on the else. sidelines with smelling salts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cracked, ready for you. Not mm-hmm. water, smelling salts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now we haven't talked about it, but it's bound to happen at some point. It's gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So uh, I also heard a little situation where you're. Uh, looking into doing some business school or you're in it right now? Uh, I'm actually, uh, I have one year left on my bachelor's in marketing. Oh, damn. Oof. Yeah. Nice. So you're kind of a, you're your own marketing uh, machine. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you're kind of testing your theories on yourself. Yeah, or? exactly. No, it's, uh, it's pretty, like, it's pretty cool. Like you, like you, like learn that you already know a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. from being a snowboarder, you know, mm. like, cause you work with marketing people for 15 years. So you pick up a thing or two, you know? So it's cool. I don't really have to study that hard and I still get like decent grades, which is cool. And um, yeah, I mean, it's nice to have something else to think about too, you know, because there's a lot of free time when you're traveling and, and like you can sit down and watch Netflix and jerk off, but like you can also try and learn something. Study on the road. And yeah, maybe that. a balance of all three. Yeah, yeah. balance. <laughs> I got a Patreon question that follows into this, I guess, from Jake Snyder. Is there a story behind Sleepy Tour Gear? Instagram page. Yeah. Is that part of your big marketing scheme? Oh, uh, no, that's definitely <laughs> a, a part of Stale's big marketing scheme for me. Um, he, uh, so he started taking photos of me because I was sleeping a lot in the daytime. So he started taking photos of it and uh, he made an Instagram. Uh, and uh, he didn't tell me about it for six months. <laughs> <laughs> He's just paging and posting secretly and oh, yeah. snapping these photos. Yeah, exactly. So uh, he, like six months, like we went, so he started doing that in the summer and then we go to Australia and then we come back and then we're on the couch because we were living together at the time and he's just like, hey, I got to show you something. And then I'm like, what? So yeah, I got like an Instagram <laughs> page I made and then it's just like 40 photos of me just like passed out on the couch, like in the car, just everywhere, dude. <laughs> And then he opened it up and he got like 5,000 followers. Yeah, I was going to ask how many followers, <laughs> more than a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. You're yeah. a big napper then, huh? Yeah, I like to nap. My dad t- t- always like told me that I'd be a good soldier because I can sleep when I have to, you know? Like I can sleep on command almost. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. like a big skill to have is like be able to take 20 and just be able to actually yeah, rest exactly. up. And I, t- mm-hmm. I was always told that uh, Kazu is really good at that in the backcountry. He can just like be on a snowmobile and sleep all hunched over and then still grab a handlebars. Yeah, like Holt just sits there sleeping and then he wakes up and goes and kills it, comes back, and then you'll see him napping again. Yeah, that's probably just, his secret. Yeah. Why he's so freaking good. If you he always at, has that energy. There's a great analogy Mike Graff had on the show. He likens uh, rest to a slingshot. That the more rest you have, the more you're able to pull back the slingshot and unleash. Because whenever you're not rested, think about that. You're If you're in a state of stress, you're not. You don't have the energy to fucking chuck roast uh, switchback five method, for example. You know, uh, so 
I think rest is important. Yeah. They That's teach a good military way people, too, to be able to, like, you have to be able to sleep on a plane or a car ride. And yeah. they teach you how to fall asleep within, like, 10 minutes, I think. It's like a military skill to have. Sick. So, I don't need yeah. that training. Yeah, you, you already, can just I'm fall asleep. That. You already yeah. passed that. Yeah. Well, I also think about, it's an interesting one. Like, some, if you think about my favorite snowboarders, a lot of them, they sleep so well. They're, like, so, like, Danimals, for example. Well-rested. Danimals is so well-rested all the time. He just, like... Doesn't get up early. He's like sleeping in, and then he just goes and fucking destroys. You know, Kazu, Tor Gear. God damn, maybe we should start showing up at uh, you know one p.m. at the bomb hole. And just we got to <laughs> set these bunk beds up <laughs> in the back room and just nap when yeah, naps are go. needed. You got a piss break? Get a sleep break? Yeah. yeah. All right, everyone, take twenty. Nap <laughs> That'd be good. We dim the lights in the <laughs> yeah. whole office, and everyone's napping. I like Not bad. That. So uh, we like to talk about setups. Let's talk about, you don't have it with you currently, uh, but what is your board setup? What do you like to ride? How do you set it up? I ride a Nitro Beast 158 snowboard. It's the stiffest park board that Nitro makes. Um, And we designed it together with uh, Aero Etela, Marcus Cleveland, and and Sven Torgren. Uh, We uh, just wanted to make an aggressive park board that'll kind of take you where you need to go. Uh, and, uh, I ride it with a team pro bindings, which is a kind of a stiffer version of the nitro team bindings and a boot called the, uh, the capital, which is the stiffest boot that they have. So I'm running a pretty stiff setup for sure. What are the benefits of riding a stiff setup? Well, I, it like, it supports you really well. So like if you land, like my big thing is like, if I land a little tail heavy, my board's going to pull me back in. So like, it's not going to be like a noodles as to where I just like fall on my ass if I land a little bit like tail heavy. So that's kind of the big deal. And then the side cut too is like, it's a pretty big side cut on it. So it doesn't like when you go fast, it's not going to like fling you in any direction, you know? So if you go up a jump and you're on your edge with a lot of side cut, you might just get boomerang hook yeeted to the side. (laughs) (laughs) No cap, son. Yeah, exactly. Might get yeeted. Uh, what about your bindings? How do you how do you like to set those bad boys up? Uh, I go um, zero on the back foot and then fifteen on the front. Forward lean? No, nothing. Nice edges, and, razor sharps. Yep, razor. I don't sharp. do anything with my edges ever. And then I go forearm, fists, and two fingers. That's the width of my stance. Four. Wait, say that again. Oh, wow. You, Whoa. You go, wow. Like, so my elbow to my knuckles. Forearm, closed fist, and then two extra fingers. That's my. That's how I like wide. Like to get some measuring tape on that. Yeah. <laughs> See where we're at. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> different in, That's the inside of my mindings. That's awesome. Because like, every time. Yeah, I don't need measuring tape. I don't need like I don't know how wide it is, but that's, that's a just, pro tip. Yeah, that's that's, a, that's literally a pro tip. That's yeah. literally awesome. You could figure it out anywhere if you just yep. do your whatever your thing is. I think a, a lot of our listeners love talking about setups, and I think one thing to be noted is, is that like a stiff board is for the type of riding you do is you're hitting big ass park jumps. You're hitting big ass backcountry jumps and a stiffer board is much more stable. Now I do think as you're depending on your level, you want to start with the softer board and ease your way in. Cause if you get on one of those things, yeah. and you're hitting a five foot jump. It's too much. You it's might too have a rough aggressive. time, right? It's too aggressive. So yeah. like it's kind of just, just kind of prefacing what you said with like, that's kind of a, a top of the skill set. A giant half pipe. They want yeah. a stiff board. Yeah, yeah. Def- I don't recommend buying the beast if you're just getting into snowboarding. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend buying a, a softer board. But it's like when you go and like kind of try and like step to the big boy stuff and like go off the big jumps and go fast, mm-hmm. 
then that board just got your back all day. And stability is huge for taking off on a big jump. Yeah. You want that shit to be under your board, stable. Exactly. No Beautiful. speed wobbles. So before we get out of here and uh, put a bow on this thing, uh, we want to know what's next for Tour Gear. What's going on? Yeah, as we like uh, talked about earlier, like just graduated from competing. Uh, I'm gonna get in the backcountry and uh, learn. Uh, there's definitely gonna be a, a big learning curve for me, so uh, I'm stoked on that. Uh, I'm really excited to see what we're gonna be able to do, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep snowboarding until my legs can't carry me anymore. Beautiful. Uh, do you have any big goals that you haven't achieved yet that um, you can think of that you want to do? Yeah, I mean, I want I want a video part that I can like look back on as like I gave that my all. Kind of like this is like this is as good of a video part that I'm able to like produce. You want your Picasso? Yeah. You want to yeah. go hard all season? I want to go hard. Give it everything. Yeah. Your great white buffalo. Yeah, I don't want to leave every, anything on the table. I you know what we that. call that? That's called chasing the dragon right mm-hmm. there. Yeah. You start doing that, and you might it not ever ends. get there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a drug addict. Yeah. One more hit. Come yeah, on. you always want that next video part then because you want that feeling again. Yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I mean, like, I really want to, like, get after it now, which was, yeah, I hope. Uh, well, I mean, I do know that I have a good crew to yeah, get me out there. So, so it's all up to me. Killer. Well, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Torgir, thanks for... I, I'm going to say Torgir. <laughs> I'm going to say Torgir. <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. And uh, we will see you guys next week. Over and out from the bomb hole.